thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron, and thank you guys so much for joining me today. I do appreciate it. I appreciate all you guys, all the time, whenever you're with me, even when you're not with me. All the time. <sighs> Banging out like five episodes in a row. It's tough. But, not for you guys. You guys are about to strap in and listen. Five minute ads, that's it. My whole intro is in five minutes. Five minutes or less. I feel, wasn't that like a thing for a pizza place now that I'm thinking about it? I don't know. But let's get into it. BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. There you can check out everything. If you guys want to make a monetary support uh, to the show, you can go check out the Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash BrutallyHonestPodcast. From there, you can go in. You can pledge X amount of dollars a month. I haven't really done anything with the rewards yet, but I'm going to. Um that sounds awful that I'm admitting that, but I know it's something I need to work on along with literally everything else in my life. But that's cool. No big deal. I'll get it all done. But BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. Go check it out. Next up on my show, sponsors. That's not really a sponsor, but because it's my own thing. Um, I have a sponsor that I'm going to give you guys a challenge. I like that. That's a good idea. All right. So my show sponsor today is AgileDragonConsulting.com. Go check them out. If you are a business owner or a business that is looking to make better business decisions based on your data, these are the people you need to speak to. All right. It's, it's, it's simply that simple. It's simply that simple. Say that 10 times fast. Um, to get somebody who knows what they're going to do with, with your stuff, that it's going to not only is it going to be done right, but it's going to be well taken care of. And at the end of the day, your business is going to make better business decisions. That is literally it. As a person, you make better decisions based on the data that you have. As a business, it's the same thing. All right. AgileDragonConsulting.com. A-G-I-L-E-D-R-A-G-O-N. Consulting.com. And if you don't know if you got the right website, it's got a little dragon. In it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cute dragon. All right, guys, go check it out at JawDragonConsulting.com. Next up, next up, my challenge for you guys after this show. You have to finish the show. All right, after the show. I want you guys, if you guys are newer listeners, to go back and I want you guys to go listen to one of my first episodes. doesn't matter. It literally does not matter which one. Not the pilot because that's literally 10 minutes of telling you what it is. But go back and check out a podcast that um, read the bios of everybody. Um, and really let me know what you guys like. I've, I've had a lot of shows that I'm really happy with. Uh, and in my opinion, the shows literally just keep getting better and better. Not saying there's anything wrong with the old ones. It was, it's just a different time. I had different material. I had different hardware. I had different everything, different space. You know, I was new in the podcast game. Now I'm at a hundred and something episodes. I'm like, oh, damn veteran. All right. Veteran of podcasting. All righty guys. That's it. I just, you know, curious. You know, if you're going to listen to the next one after this, go for it. Or before this, go for it. But roll it all the way back. I mean, go to like, go to the teens. Go to like, go to the single digits. Go to anything. Be- Actually, you know what? Go to anything before 50. You know, I think 50 was a milestone. Minus 25 was a milestone. 50 was a milestone. 100 was a huge milestone. I had a blast in episode 100. If you haven't listened to that one, that's a hysterical one. But go check it out, guys. I would really appreciate it. Let me know what you guys think. Leave a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this. I would really it would make my day really would my guest today is my dear friend jeff wibben he is a young entrepreneur like myself so we share quite a 
quite a bit of uh, stories that are very similar. Um, and we just have we have a lot of fun on the show. He's been a prior guest on the show, and I'm super excited to have him back. So, like I said, under five minutes, we're doing good. Um, without any further ado, please welcome my friend Jeff Wibben. But yeah, yeah. I, I try not to because I like the organicness of it. Oh, there we are. Look at that. Hell yeah, it's working. So we're live on Twitch actually, which is gonna go up on YouTube. But um, yeah, every once in a while, I'll just get like kind of carried away, and I'll just start like, especially towards like the later, because this is nice. This is like a one o'clock in the afternoon. But every once in a while at like night, I will. It'll be like I'll be exhausted, and I'll just be like, "Welcome to the brutally honest podcast." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's it's actually funny because nice. sometimes I really don't like how it sounds, so then I will record the same thing over like three times. I normally do it. Oh, you can move it, however. But <laughs> I'll that like boom. No, it's all good. Um, but I'll record it like two or three times over. And and sometimes I'll I won't have my notes ready, so I'll be like I'll do the intro, and then I'll be like this show is sponsored by long awkward silence. Well, I'm trying to pull it up. I'm like, well, screw it, got to do another one. Like, got to read. <laughs> I'm not gonna chop up the first two minutes of it, right? Because I just took too long. It's much easier for me to just you know delete it, restart it, and go from there. So yeah, that's that's the 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 story of. Uh, the intros, I should say. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, and I, tr- you know, the the sponsors don't change all that often, so it's not like there's something constantly new in the in the mix. So I'm trying to, I'm actually right now I'm actively seeking sponsors, but you know, just to like change up, like not that it's stagnant, but you know, because I have my core group of sponsors, but like, hey, you know, let's let's throw in a beer sponsor whomever it is you know okay great like we got like these beers montauk. these montauks for free so oh, you know yeah. montauk beers wave chaser indian pale ale delicious um great beer great it's the best beer ever so uh <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> so the guy dropped there yeah so you know just to keep it interesting and i only do like i really only do like the 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 ads in the beginning and the end i don't, I don't like to i hate i dread when podcasts do it like right in the middle and they're like building up to a story and then boom they drop an ad which yes they do make more money per thousand views on that middle ad but it's just like it ruins the whole show for me it you know it's like commercials in a movie yeah you know why would you do that you know give it to me in the end in the beginning give it to me in the end give it up hit it hard if you want but don't bombard me with stuff that you know, in my opinion, it's just – and the worst part is a lot of times it's not even relevant. That's really what irritates me mm-hmm. is they just feed you non-relevant stuff. That's not cool in my opinion. Whatever. Yeah. That's just me. Well, my advice to the sponsors out there is Harrison is one of the most up-and-coming media stars out there. So I would look at this as like, you know, Amazon <laughs> before it was Amazon. Jump in now before you got to pay 
hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> to sponsor this show. Now's the time, guys. Sponsor it up. Get, get in while you can. My uh, my great grandfather had a chance to be on the ground floor of McDonald's, and he passed it up. Oh he my didn't think God. it was gonna be big, and it's gonna be big, just like McDonald's. So it's jump on the train. I like the, it. The Baron train is coming. Oh wait. Oh, that's the loop in the audio. Are we looping? Yeah, I, well, I, I just gotta mute the computer. I'll have to adjust that in the audio, or I'll just keep it in the audio and people can hear that I mess things up because I'm still learning, <laughs> always learning. So I guess let's get into the meat and potatoes. But for you vegans out there, the tofu and potatoes. <laughs> tofu and potatoes. Uh, I actually, so it's funny, I, late at night, my brain gets a little delirious. I was typing a blog and you know, we're all we're in this era of like, don't offend anyone. So, I was typing like, let's get in the meat potato, meat and potatoes. But if you're a vegan, the tofu and potatoes. That's a great line. About. And I just thought, I like I, I chuckled a little bit. So I was like, I'm gonna keep it in. You know, whatever. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, and nobody gets a chuckle out of it, well, I tried. You're not gonna learn if anything if you don't try. Yeah, so. I feel like it's one of those things that's it's really funny. But not everyone's gonna laugh at it. And no, it just goes under. It goes underappreciated. I go yeah. underappreciated. I feel myself. The greats, the greats always do. The great, yeah. Legends, legends always go. <laughs> I, uh, my accountant always says. Uh, actually, you know, uh, Justin McCulloch. Oh um, yeah, Justin's the best. Dude. Big, big fan. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, he goes. Nobody's gonna appreciate me while I'm living. He goes. Everybody will appreciate me when I'm dead. I was like, Justin, you're not a painter, okay? Yeah. You're not. You <laughs> yeah. know. You're not Nirvana. Relax, okay? Nirvana. You know, may, hey, maybe he will paint? be the first CPA to go down in history, but uh, you know. Well, they say Mike, like guys like Michelangelo and and wh- who painted the Mona Lisa? Uh, I don't remember. It I was the Ninja Turtles, wasn't it? It. I'm, oh no, no, no. The Mo- right. Oh, the Mona Lisa was yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, DiCaprio. Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. All right. Well, good thing was we're it? not doing this segment on historical. Oh my God. Uh, it's references not da Vinci. Or... Is it? Who painted? Uh, wow good thing we have google Thank really god oh it is leonardo da vinci hell yes okay there you go plus one for me yeah so they say guys like that weren't even famous until like years and years after they died so that's it's crazy so maybe that's what's in store for you harrison you know it, 10 years after you're gone you're gonna blow up baron media is gonna be huge look if <laughs> if steve jobs can die and tim cook could take it to a trillion Baron Media Group's going to the top, baby. To the top. To the top. I'll see you there. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. But let's I, – I like that topic that we came up with just before the show. So I guess we'll give people a little prereq. Uh, Jeff came a little early while I was in between shows with uh, George Lucarezos, the, the podcast prior to this. Uh, and if you haven't listened to that one, definitely finish this one and then go listen to that one. But we were shooting the shit about the two of us are entrepreneurs and – how to grow a business and things that we don't like in people in businesses and stuff like that. So let's just let's rub the dog hair the wrong way for some people right now. If you're listening and you own a business, this is I would imagine is going to be gold. This is in real time, so who knows? I can't tell you, can't give you the the hints beforehand because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, we were talking about talking about the. Talking about talking about I, the, I was gonna the, say the, the most gonna uncomfortable slide. topics that <laughs> entrepreneurs and business owners, people that lead businesses, have to deal with. So you know, things came up like pricing, sure, um, negotiating, um, you know, Instagram, hiring, firing. Oh right, yeah, set it up. 
You so, can, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, well, I mean, one of the things that we were talking about earlier that I think most entrepreneurs face is like, I guess a good way to start this would be like, hey, Harrison, you know, I'm a big company. You're a new company. Um, I think you should give me your services for free. It'll be great exposure for you. Sure. I mean, if you had a dollar for every time you probably heard that. Oh, my and same God. same with me, we wouldn't have to work anymore, right? We would ne- I would be so, set. Right. So I think, I think what every business owner is trying to figure out is like, okay, I get the fact that I need experience. I need reputation testimonials and I need to sure. show that I've worked with reputable people. But it's like, well, at what point does free become paid? And like, how do you go about that? I think that's an interesting topic. So if you want to start off, I'd, I'd love oh, to hear man. how you kind of I'll navigate. fire it up. So yeah, fire it. I got I to gotta swap this thing over. There we go. So get the iPhone 10. Um, yeah. So I personally... I, I do see a lot of be- benefit in I see a lot of benefit in doing we'll call it charity work charity you know you're doing the you're you're you in your mind think you're taking the necessary precautions to grow a business and you know when you get people that are like, oh, you know, just just do this, just do this, you know, you're gonna get all this exposure, and you know, it's you're you're paying it forward and all that kind of stuff, or whatever it is, you know, you're helping out this cause to get the exposure, you know, where does that where does that line get drawn? You know, I think that I think people have a major. I I don't know what the right word is, but they have this fantasy that their event is the biggest thing since sliced bread and unfortunately and i'm coming in like miley cyrus here like a wrecking ball <laughs> that's literally never the case ever like it is so rare mm. that a, a a charity event is going to explode your business or like oh you know do this for us and you're gonna get all this exposure even if I get that exposure, 99% of the time, it's not towards your ideal customer. So even if you could do it, in my opinion, yes, you might get the brand exposure, but if it's not towards your target client, that's never going to put dollars in your pocket and mm-hmm. in turn will never make you a millionaire. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you hear, oh, and, and this, this huge company is going to be there and this CEO is going to be there and all these who's who people are going to be there, right? And it, none of it's quantifiable. It's just like all this hyped up, sure, arbitrary, sure description, right? So you've seen that plenty of times too. Oh my god! Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I get people that are like, "Hey, you know, can you do this for me? You know, or can you help us out with this?" And the worst part is, I'm pretty willing to. Oh, I don't want to pinch that off, but I'm pretty willing to. <laughs> To help them, the prop. This is where this is where I think it gets even crazier. Most of the time, they don't even follow through on their end. Mm. Like, hey, I'm willing to help you with social media. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to build you a website. You know, start sending me what you want me to work on, and they don't even follow through with free stuff. Which is actually why now I am very less likely to offer free work because 99% of the time or I'll just offer it in the expectation that they're never going to reach out to me and then in which case I look like a rock star and I never have to actually do anything 
But people are like, oh, he's a great guy. You know, he offered to help us. Mm-hmm. They didn't even follow through. Yeah, it's interesting. So so where we come in with that, because we, we are an event company. We do mobile golf corporate events. So basically it's like you take a golf outing. Everybody knows what a golf outing it is. And if you were to take that, bottle it up, and put it in the middle of a corporate event, indoors or outdoors, that's what we do. So we get a lot of people all the time who are saying, you know, come do our event, you know, you know, produce all this stuff, build golf simulators on site, do programs and teach golf lessons and do it for free. You know, it'd be great exposure for you. That, that phrase is like one in a million. We hear it all the time and it's just all over the place. So what we've done to kind of like, uh, combat that, uh, cause it's a, it, it prohibits us from growing our business. And it also, you know, it puts us in jeopardy cause you don't want to show favoritism. Sure. And I think we talked about this before too. It's like when, one thing that people try to leverage all the time is like, oh, this person is going to be there. This celebrity is going to be there or this CEO of this company. It's like, okay, but yeah, but so was the last one. Sure. And if that, if you're doing all this stuff, you have to be able to have a, like a quantifiable list that you can stick to. So what we did, we put together a list of deliverables and we said, look, all of what we do, our events, our work, we are enhancing your event. It's like you wouldn't ask a DJ to work your event or pay to be at your event because the DJ is enhancing your event, right? Sure. So in our case, we know what the value of our service is. We say, if we are going to consider this a marketing event, to your point four, it's like, who are we marketing to? Sure. If you can hit these 10 deliverables, mm-hmm. if there's going to be at least 40 event planners there, if mm-hmm. we're going to be able to have at least a one-minute interaction with each of them, if we're going to be able to follow up with them, get their contact info, you know, invite them to our future events, and, and so on and so forth, sure. if you can quantify it based on your business – that's for us. That's the only way we've been able to get past it. Cause you're right. Cause ultimately you'll be giving away your services for free for free and people, for free. people don't care. They just want you to enhance their event. Then they forget about it. And so, then months later, they're so like, Oh yeah. Whatever. I actually had one of my first customers ever ask me for a discount the other day. She said, Hey, can we have a discount? And I easily could have said yes. And I did, but I did, <laughs> but she must a, have been cute. No, uh, I didn't know her at the time, uh, but she is actually. Um, <laughs> but that's not why I, I offered to give the discount. I said, "Look, I can give you a discount. However, I expect five introductions to five companies that could use my services. If you are promising me that you are going to deliver." On that, I will give you a discount. She goes, done. I'll, I, I can absolutely arrange that. I go, I will give you a discount then. If you're willing to meet me there, I'll give you a discount. But if you're not willing to meet me there and you can't, you don't think you can make five introductions for people, fine. No big deal. You're mm-hmm. just going to pay full price. That's it. I, uh, it's, you know, I have, I've had Lee Shuckman on here, who's my old Lee sales coach. Yeah. Sandler. You know, Lee. Amazing company. So. Sandler says, don't give out anything for free, ever. Mm-hmm. So. Then you cheapen yourself. Yeah. Well, you, well, you cheapen yourself, one, and two, you just, you immediately, and this is the one thing I'm realizing, more so because I'm starting to work with, like, e-com stuff. Once you become a discount site, people understand that that's the place to go for discounts. Mm-hmm. And there's already enough of them. Right. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, when was the last time you saw a discount on Max? Ever. Yeah, Literally. Never. Never. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, iPhones will sell in a recession, no problem. People, yeah, people, people still spend buy their last dollar uh, on yep. a smartphone. It, you know, it's absurd. <laughs> so, you know, and that's a, that's a crazy thing is I know some people that have like I have the iPhone XS Max with the most space that you could possibly have. It's the most expensive phone that Apple makes. And Granted, you're in media, so it's like understandable. Well, that's the thing, catch. People right. are like, why'd you spend so much money on an iPhone? I'm like, because I run my whole damn company on this right. little device. Yeah. You know, if I'm stuck on a train <laughs> or I'm sitting in Starbucks, I could ru- I can make money with this. So for me to have the mm. fastest phone on the market is a no-brainer. And the best camera, because I mean, if you're taking crappy, photos, I take a lot of pictures like for my seven, customers. I got 720p out of my uh, my 6s. Sure. Sick. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, now it's 4K. Is that on the website? So, yeah, exactly. So, even though we have, oh god, don't (laughs) don't admit that publicly. We have in the past. So I I tell people, I'm like, if I didn't have a media company, and I didn't have literally 30 or 40 apps that I use on a regular basis for smoothing out audio, editing, editing video, you know, there's. There's not only smoothing out audio, but taking out the wind hiss or, or you know, enhancing it and preventing uh, footage from shaking because there's apps for that. They minimize the screen and cut out the cut out the edges. So, you know, I've had people that literally look like they have Parkinson's like yeah. this, and I can make it pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. I got to pay for all that. You know, all premium apps that I have on my phone, but I have all of this stuff. So that way, on the off chance, I can't get back to the, we'll call it the lab or my studio to get things done. <clears throat> I can do that on the on the road. I can do that on the go. I can I can start producing and having content there without having to, you know, get back here to get everything done. If I was, you know, if I was a lawyer or if I was like a doctor or something like that, any iPhone is going to do the job I needed to. I need to send text messages, I need to write, read emails. You're not taking photographs of injuries for and if you are, it's not on an iPhone. It's probably on a nicer camera. Mhm. You know, so for me, that was a no-brainer to have. Right. But I would absolutely never spend fourteen hundred dollars on a phone if I didn't run my business on it. Yeah. Well, I like. I, I kind of want to go back into that topic you brought up about sales and price negotiating. Like, sure. Like, Sandler's probably gonna like have their ears perk up at this, or sure. maybe their ears are ringing over at the headquarters. <laughs> but um, I think that's one of the most challenging things for business owners is, is like, you know, when you're first starting out, you got to hunt for a lot of business. So when you when it comes down to negotiating with clients, you feel like you don't have a lot of leverage. So sure. that's a challenging thing. So for us, I'll talk a little bit about it. Then I want to hear what you have to say about sure. it. But um, I was I was watching a great video last night on LinkedIn, and I'll sh- I'll see if I can find it while you're talking. But there was a guy who was talking about leverage, and mm-hmm. the reason why you you don't stand by your prices is because you don't feel like you don't have leverage. Mm. So if a client calls you and says, "Hey, I I heard your services are great." I want to buy what you have. There, you have all the leverage. Sure. You can say, yeah, you, you know, here's it's, it's two grand a month or whatever it sure. is. But if you're calling their company and you're trying to convince them why they you should have switch, less you have zero leverage, and it's inconvenient for them to switch providers or whatever they have, and they to pay for you. So, he uh, he was this guy that I was listening to last night had the most brilliant explanation of how to gain leverage. Sure. He was talking about don't sell your product anymore or your service. Sell yourself. So, well, you that's a lot of it too, is uh-huh. your likability sure. and how much effort you're going to put into it. But he was talking about how to sell the problem and the solution yes. to the problem. So Sandler you know, goes into that a lot. Right. I'm sure they crush this. But it was more about like like in your case with, with marketing and media, it's it's more about like, 
okay, well, let's let's just go down the hypothetical track for a minute. I know I charge two thousand a month for my services, but here's why. You know, how much how much money would your business make if you got an extra thirty customers a month? Sure. And then they would quantify that and say, Okay, well perfect. With my solutions, we can actually make that happen. We can probably even do more over a longer period of time. How much is that worth to you? Sure. Oh, it's worth 150000 a month? Okay, well, for only $3,000, you know, you know, what is that, 2%? Yeah. 2%. For 2% of, of what you're spending, yeah. you're, I'm going to, you know, so it's like, it's a no-brainer. If you sell that, you can really change people's mindsets. So that's been a big game changer for us, too. Sure. We've implemented that as well. We're going to continue to do that, but... What are some of the things you've done to like to help gain leverage in a sales setting? So for me, and this is part of that, what that book goes over, is a lot of education, um, educating your prospect or your client um, on things. So like lately, honestly, I get a ton of business from LinkedIn. I get it, and I'm sure you probably see my little videos, but I make these you know one to three minute videos, and it's all about how to. One, leverage LinkedIn, and two, just educating people on social media and how social media influencers work and how hashtags work and all of these different things. And I'm actually, now I'm more in the process of building YouTube a YouTube channel to start growing that. But also blogging because Google loves blogs. Loves, loves, loves blogs. And is that, for everybody listening and for me too, Anybody is, that, is that because there's more frequency of the keywords that you're looking for? More frequency, Google can't view videos. It can pull the audio from them, but there's nothing that says what's going on in the picture. So if I take a picture of this wall, you and this wall, I could say white dude wearing black pullover. Actually, I actually like that pullover, by the way. Thanks, I want to know. It's Peter Millar. Oh, is that Shout like- out to our, our favorite golf company, Peter Millar. Uh, God damn it. Yeah, we got to get you one of these. I, I do. I need one. This would look sick with a Baron Media logo on it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Peter I'm, Malarga, we got to get these guys hooked up. Baron yeah. Media. Maybe you'll be your next sponsor. Yeah, give it to me for free. Don't expect anything in return. What? <laughs> so, so, but if I took a picture of you right it's now. It's a terrible sell, by the way. I know. I know. Totally kidding, everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would expect most people to res- expect something in return. But Amazing exposure on the most up-and-coming podcast on the planet. Ever. Forever. Yeah. So, sorry. No, no, it's all good. So, if I took a picture of you, it would be, you know, you, white guy, that pullover, you know, watch, white hat, (laughs) you know, and this black and blue pattern background. So, Google, if I don't tell the Google what that image is, it doesn't actually know what it's looking at. So, for Google, it's very difficult for it to say, hey, you know, it could probably pick up some of the colors, but it doesn't actually know what it's looking at. I have to tell Google what it is, so that's called metadata. There's only so much metadata you can have in a picture. There's a lot, but there's only so much. And a blog, Google, because metadata is just words that you attach to something, a blog is just all these words. So what Google does is it puts your articles out in front of people on a regular basis to try to see to try to gauge its level of interactivity interactiveness if people stay on the blog more or stay there longer google understands that that vlog is something useful to that person so now it's going to start to send more people to it and it's going to mm. gauge its level of interactiveness so believe it or not longer blogs work better <clears throat> than short blogs and because of that now you're filling it with these keywords you're informing people and it's giving Google substance to start sending traffic to your website because of that. 
so what does that mean for your business as far as what you stated early, uh, earlier is getting all that traffic and having all of that and educating your potential client on how you can help them is really, in my opinion, where tremendous, tremendous value comes. Because most people, you know, if, if, if we weren't friends and I was like, oh my God, I've seen this golf simulator, I wouldn't even know how to buy from you. Like literally, I'm like, I, I, like, what do I do? Do I pay you? Do we have to schedule this? Like, how does that process go? How does how does buying a website go? You know, th- questions that I'm in the process of answering for my website. You know, most people are like, I don't even know how to buy one. You know, it's not because you're not going to the store. You're not like, oh, let me show my ID and get a can- case of beer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a process. There's an onboarding. There's there's all these things that as a media company I need and things that you need to know. Is the space big enough? Is the floor hard enough? You know, is there anything that can puncture puncture the um the frame of it is, you know, we need to know the date. What's the weather going to be like? Is the, if the weather's not going to be good, is there a structure that can go over it to prevent? You know, is there is there electricity? Is it? Do I need to bring my own generators? All these questions that you obviously need know that you need to ask. But as Joe Schmo myself, I don't have any clue. Mm-hmm. So educating people, in my opinion, is the best way to one start to grow traffic, which your website will eventually convert, hopefully. And two, what I'm really working on is not to be, you know, shameless plug for myself, but <laughs> I drop it. Is is I'm I'm working on like a book and all, basically a learning center, so that way people when they come to my website, how do they buy a web? How do they buy a website? What to know about before you buy a website? What are the costs of a website? And it all goes over in that book that I told you about. Mm-hmm. But now you're educating that customer, so at the end of the day, your sales call is going to be like that because they already know if you if they can afford a website. They already know things that are going to affect the website to make it go up in cost. They already know, you know, what the process looks like on onboarding and all of these different things. So that for me is what, in my opinion, is the most powerful. Yeah. That's that really a smart. very long answer. No, I, I like that though. And uh, it helps you gain leverage too. Cause you're, it's not as personal to talk about price when it's already laid out. And when, when you've already walked everybody through the education process, yep. they're contacting you at the end of the transaction versus sure. Harrison, what can you do for me? And it's very personal. I think that's what I think we struggle with in pricing as entrepreneurs is, is when people come to you, they make it about you and what can you do for me? And you know, can you give me a good deal? Can you give me a friendly deal? But it's like, you know, Hey, this is business. Like keep sure. business. I'll sure. do the best job I can for you. The best professional job for you, but here's what it costs. That's to- what it costs is totally separate from me. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I think that's important. The other thing, actually, that my buddy brought up to me um, a while back, and it, it definitely resonated with me a lot, was if you are going to ask your friend for a discount, what kind of friend are you really? Hmm. Because friends should support each other's friends. If you can't afford something and you know you can't afford it, then yes. Hey Jeff, I love your services, but here's the catch. This I'm is what broke I'm thinking. Is a joke. Sorry, yeah. bro. This is what yeah. I'm thinking. If you're interested in helping me out, cool. If not, I totally get it. Like you run a business, you got to make money. I would pay full price, but I literally do not have money to pay you. Right. I'd much rather see somebody go about it in that way, especially for my business, than say, "Hey, can I have a discount?" Listen up, fucker. I got a lot of friends in this world. <laughs> if I gave everybody a discount, I would never have a business. Yeah. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry to get vulgar, but like people just expect everything for free. You know, I have a good good friend of mine who I, who I think you know, but 
he tells me, he's like, hey, look, this is for me. If you can hook me up, great. I really appreciate it. If not, I totally get it. But he also tells me, hey, this is for business. Bill me at what you would normally bill me. Mm-hmm. Cool. I love it. That's me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would much rather see that. Well, you know, I think I think it goes a lot into like how much people really care about you. So we were talking about before about when people ask you to do events for free. It has a like it means a lot to me when people people like personally vet and we talk about this introductions. When you take the time to vet an introduction or vet an invite to an event mm-hmm. and you don't just say like, "Hey, my event's the greatest thing under the sun. It's going to be massive for your business." It's like, "Okay, well tell me how." You know, and if that person really put forth the effort and they said, hey, I know you're an event planning company. I know you're a marketing company. Mm-hmm. There's going to be all these people that I know that don't have websites. I'm going to do personal introductions for you. Mm-hmm. Like, even if the event's a total bust, the fact that that person took the time to vet it and sure. have your best interest, that means the world, you know? Sure. So we were talking about before about like cheap introductions. So, you know, don't be that guy or girl who, who just intros everybody to everybody that they know. Like, sure like vet it it's so much better to give one life-changing introduction in your life mm-hmm. than a thousand like meaningless ones you sure. know what i mean i couldn't agree more honestly um people need to stop making lackadaisical introductions that mean literally nothing just because they need the peace of mind that they can that they're helping your business somehow yeah well i think you know what i i don't think it's always like a selfish thing. I think some people like generally think about helping, but if you think about it, like we're not trained how to make good introductions, you know, like no, who, who teaches how to make a great intro, you know, Sandler actually does something really good. They actually, um, they will give you, you've probably seen this, but like, uh, they will actually give you like how to introduce them. Yes. You know, and it's so, it's so important to vet your introduction first. So like what we do before we introduce anybody, we call both parties personally on the phone. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, how are you doing? I think I might have an opportunity for you to meet someone that could be mutually beneficial. Tell me what you think about this. Here's why I think it's beneficial. Sure. Is this legit or is this crap? And like half the time we throw them out. But it saves lo- you time though. It saves- You're well, vetting. Yeah, it, well, uh, you know what? It takes a little more time on my end, but it definitely saves them time. Sure. You know what I mean? And it, it makes sure that when, when the intro happens, they're like, they and they see exactly why. One of the most frustrating things for me is when I get an intro to somebody and they don't tell me why I need to talk to the person. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, good luck connecting. It's like, why are we talking? So we have to spend the first five minutes like if not wasting longer, our time. Yeah, like, being like why, why, there's a connection. why are we here? Sure. So like being very careful in the intro to be like, here's what they do. Here's what you do. Here's how you can help. Here's why I'm introducing you. And here's what I think the next action steps are going to be. Mm-hmm. That's a major league intro. Yeah. You know, Big properly time. vetted. Here's how you can help. 100%. There's probably more opportunities, but here's what I see. Sure. Go for it. Sure. You know, I, I, I honestly couldn't agree more. I think one of the biggest problems that the other biggest problem too is people, you know, on LinkedIn, they don't always know all their contacts major issue right oh, there like never and two i'm Same actually facebook it's funny you bring this up because i'm actually in the process of putting together a webinar on how or people Instagram. can make money on linkedin because mm-hmm. i meet so many business people that are like hey uh i've been on linkedin now for like three years i literally haven't gotten a dollar in business it's not personal well i've had a gym membership for three years and if i didn't go of course i'm not going to get any real any anything out of it great line mm-hmm. you know yeah i could have a gym membership but if i don't go and do the work you know what? That is what I absolutely love to hear. I'm like, it's just a free gym membership. Whether or not you decide to use it to make money or not is totally up to you. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you use your gym membership to make 
a better person version of yourself is totally up to you. Same thing with Instagram, same thing with Facebook, same thing with Twitter. They're just tools. That's all it is. That's all social media is. It's a different tool, a different avenue for you to make money. Mm-hmm. And in this, and I'll give everybody who's listening a little sneak uh, peek of what I'm working on, but not only how to make money, but like how to how to better make a connection. If they're local, asking the mutual friend, hey, by the way, what do you think about this person? Is it worth an introduction? Yes. Look, I'm buying. Let's go to lunch. Let's... So now you're taking you're taking that new person completely out of their comfort zone. You're taking that your mutual friend out of their comfort zone because they're not at their office and they're not at home. Mm-hmm. And now you're going there and you're actively sitting down with the, you know. And lunch might cost you some money, but spending thirty to fifty dollars on a lunch, you know, you don't have to go somewhere crazy. Go to Miller's Ale House. Go get breakfast. You know, a diner's fifteen dollars ahead. Are great. You know, okay, so $45, you just made an introduction, right. a real introduction. Now, at a later date, if somebody asks for an introduction, you could say, oh, by the way, I do know that person. Let's get lunch together. Let's get breakfast together. And then that person buys. And it's a constant revolving ring of people buying breakfast or lunch or dinner, whatever it is. But now you have a real connection with that person. You you broke bread. You know, you might have had a cocktail with them. Now it's a real connection. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can say, hey, follow-up meeting. Let's have a follow-up meeting. What do you think? You know, this is what I do. Do you think that your company has any use for this? I'd really love to know. And if you don't want to spend money, go to Starbucks. Uh, the most you can possibly spend at Starbucks is literally like ten dollars. Otherwise, it's you know that's two cups of coffee. Right. You know, if that person's ordering food, make them buy their own food. Hey, I'm buying coffee. You buy you buy breakfast if you want. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, and and then you'll figure out. Now that's ten times more powerful than anything else you could do, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you know what's you know what's helped me a lot too in in this whole like networking because that could mean a million things. What's really like helped me transform, I guess, the introductions I've made or, or I guess just trying to connect people, is starting to implement the phrase when you meet somebody and you get a business card. Like as you're getting that business card, you know, and you're about to like if you're about to say goodbye or whatever, let's keep in touch. But it's like what what is the one thing you need most right now, that more than anything. And if you just ask that question. Sure. And whatever they say, write I started it on doing that because you told you? me about that. Yeah. Badass, bro. Yes. So you write that on the business card. You might not be able to help them or know anybody that helps them for an entire year. But if you save it and throw it in a Rolodex, be old school, keep it. Like I actually review my Rolodex at least like two or three times a year because I'll, I'll be like, oh, my God, I forgot I know that person. And that person knows that person. I bet you they make sick contacts or maybe they could help me later. I don't know. Sure. But um, that like really changed the game. And you can call them and be like, hey, do you still need that thing you told me about? And they're like, you remember that? No, I, like, don't. I wrote Dude, it Dude, honestly, I really don't, but I wrote it. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I remember that you needed it that day. Sure. You know? And then that's, that's a game changer. So that would be like a little quick tool, you know, to, to make a, a lasting impression. Is to sure. Because we're that one thing. You don't have to remember everything. So important. One thing. So important. Yeah. Um, you know? What else makes you uncomfortable, man? What, what, honestly, what makes you like? What what do you what do you like? Oh, not this again. I hate billing. I've already I've told a lot of people about this. I, I genuinely like hate billing. collecting payment. I, just, I absolutely despise it. Really, I hate chasing people for money. Yeah, that sucks. I, for two reasons. One, if I pay, I go to McDonald's. You know, I don't go to McDonald's, but if I go to Taco Bell, well, I hate Taco Bell. Um, Did you say you hate it or you ate it? I hate McDonald's. I love Taco Bell. Oh, okay. Taco hey. Bell's getting a lot better, actually. Yes. The quality is like all like going continuously legit. going up. Yeah. For for fast food, you know, or restaurant wherever it is, mm-hmm. I expect to pay for my product right there. 
why in God's green earth do I have to wait so long to get paid as a business owner? It's absurd. That is my biggest complaint. Other than that, you know, what do you th- what are the things that bother you? I have gotten so good, in my opinion, and not to toot my own horn, but at just being super comfortable in every situation. Like, I went into a meeting the other day, and I thought it was going to be a one-on-one, maybe a two-on-one meeting. It was like a seven-on-one. And most people would be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Dude, I don't even think my, my pulse changed the entire time I was there. Like, Ice Cube the whole time. Like Ice Cube, that's great. No, like, mm-hmm. just cool as a cucumber the whole time. Like, didn't matter what happened. Because I've come to the realization that at the end of the day, what's the worst that happens? I don't get their business? Okay, great. Didn't need it. Just trying to mm-hmm. help you guys out, you know. What's the saying? That's it's like it. you got to care, but not that much. You know, Ever hear that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's hard to do. By the way, when you need business so when bad. You, you know, oh yeah, you gotta go into. You know, that's the other thing too. Like I've gotten to the point now where I'm not rich, but I'm not broke, and I have enough money to get by. So if a deal, you know, if a deal, I don't want to say slips by because I don't want any deals to slip by. But if a deal doesn't work out right, and I know it's not a good fit, I don't lose an ounce mm. of sleep. Like that, in my opinion, is powerful. Getting there was very difficult, but now it's like, okay, if I don't get that. And the crazy part is, is people can smell disparity. Yes. Like, never look desperate. Blood and wolves, man. They just seek that shit out. So if you are desperate or, or anything like that, game over, bro. You'll, they'll just, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll realize, oh, do you have a discount? Can you give me a discount? Nope. See you later, bro. You don't, you don't want to pay full price. You go to the car dealership and car is twenty five thousand. You ask, then you say you want to pay fifteen. What are they going to say? Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. Right. We, maybe we have something else in your price range, but not this one. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, playing that and just constantly being comfortable in super uncomfortable situations and just getting used to it. At the end of the day, my life isn't a. Thre- I have no threat of life. If I'm hungry, I'm going to eat at the end of the event. Even if it's seven hours long, I'm not going to die. If I'm thirsty, chances are pretty good there's free water somewhere. <laughs> or I'll go to the bathroom and drink out of the sink. I could care less. This is major less. startup talk right here. I love yeah. yeah. Like, there's nothing that's going on in that environment that is going to affect me the moment I leave. Mm. Nothing. Literally nothing. So why should I be worried? You know? Right. That's the way I look at it. I have a very interesting perspective from what I've been told. No, yeah, dude, I, I totally like it. Um, What's something that, that makes you uncomfortable? Um, you know, I would say I would say that. I would say similar things. Maybe just sales I was always really uncomfortable with. Sure. Um, and just having that leverage and going back and forth. And when people ask for discounts, it's funny. Over the last three years, I've really, like now I feel like I'm at a really good place where if you ask for a discount, you know, if we can't fit into your budget, you know, we'll do we're what we not, can, but we're, yeah. we're like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Cause, cause what we found is like, if we try to, if you try to do the same thing you were just going to do for 3000 for 2000, not only does your reputation look bad and like, you're just a shyster who's sure. willing to like cut deals. Sure. You don't want that reputation, but like the customer's not any more satisfied. It's just about doing a good job. And, uh, ultimately what we found is like the biggest objection that you get is, sorry, it's not in the budget. It's like, most people, I feel like most people, especially entrepreneurs, don't know how to counter that. But at the same time, it's like, what is what is the budget? It's just money that you plan to spend. Yeah. You know, it's like if you told me that, 
you set a budget for 2019 and then, you know, LeBron James came in and said, Hey Jeff, uh, for a hundred bucks, me and you can go grab dinner and then we're going to fly on my jet to California and back. Like we're going to have the time of our lives. Oh, sorry, LeBron. I didn't budget. A hundred dollars wasn't in my budget. Uh huh. Like, Oh, so you're telling me you wouldn't do that? Like bullshit. Yes, you would. You would, mm-hmm. you would make it cause you see the value. So, sure. you know, so like getting people to like, just explain back be like look budget was just a plan but but plans change all the time we have a great new option this is how it's going to help you yes you go out of budget but look what you get now you go out of what you also sure. forecasted in your revenue too so are you willing to get ten thousand by paying a thousand i think and why not to chime in on that too and the budget thing is i think any business owner will any business owner is going to spend money if they know it's going to make them money. Right. And a lot of that is what you do with whatever you buy. So, for example, I could buy this podcast studio and put all this stuff up here. But if I never use it and I don't utilize it to its fullest advantage, having people mm-hmm. on the show, actively seeking out sponsors, whatever it may be, then, yes, it brings zero value. Zero. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you say, hey, Jeff, I need a golf simulator. You know, hey, it's X amount of dollars. Great. Well, now it's your job to make that, te- whatever, let's say $5,000, $10,000, doesn't matter the number, to make that money even more worth it because you've already booked, you know, you have to just commit, commit and figure it out later. But, you know, hey, Jeff, let's book it three months out, four months out, five months out, whatever it is. As the business owner, invite your clients, invite your strategic partners, invite potential prospects that you're looking to meet. Surround yourself with really good people that day. Mm-hmm. Invite some prospects down. Invite people that you've done business with that really like you, kind of like your resume and your, your contacts. And now you're going to have 25 people in there playing golf and you're going to look like a rock star because nobody is going to say a single bad thing about you. And if you don't land one of those five clients, you suck as a salesman. Yeah. You, it's not your fault. You know, it's not. Just go home. Yeah. It's not the golf <laughs> simulator's fault. If you can't close right. a deal surrounded by all people that are going to talk highly of you the whole time, you suck. Mm-hmm. Honestly. You know, that's as raw as we can get to. Yeah. No, I agree. Very passionate about this shit. Yeah. Past clients are huge. I think people don't tap into that enough. Nope. I think they don't ask, you know, I think they kind of just wait for, and we've, we've been guilty of this too, ask, like waiting for past clients to just re-up or to, to just call you back. But like, the, dude, it's so powerful to just call your past clients and be like, hey, I haven't talked to you in like six months. Like, how are you? What's going on? What do you need? I, t- I you just know? made a video about it. Did you really? Yeah, I put it oh, on. Oh, dude, uh, no way. I put it on Instagram. I think I put it on Instagram. It was a mi- one minute long. I go, call your damn clients. I had a, I had a uh, Insurance broker call me and he goes, "Dude, you left me for Progressive," and I went and, and switched uh, insurances to my buddy. Oh, excuse me. And I'm like, "Yeah, why?" He goes, "He's like, well, why did you leave?" I go, "Bro, I got into an accident on the LIE, and I called you and you didn't answer. Fine, called you several times in that period, no answer. Fine, emailed you, no answer." Fine. Why are you surprised I left? Mm. You have made zero effort in contacting me while I was your client. You knew I was growing a business. You knew I was going to need business insurance. Like, that simple phone call would have turned into additional revenue for you. Why wouldn't you make that phone call? Like, to me, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And you get, a, you get another touch. Okay, great. What is it going to cost you? A $30 lunch? A $20 lunch? God, you could have taken me to Taco Bell. I would have been happy. 
You could have brought me lunch, yeah. you know, for twelve dollars. We should take get Taco it. Bell's a sponsor. That would be a great sponsor. That would sponsor, be a good sponsor, right? but nobody would make it through the whole show because I'd have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of, I actually really do have to pee, but it's all right. We'll blast through. You sure? Yeah. We still got another forty-five minutes. Oh shit! I don't know if I. If get you gotta this. go, can I'll, we do that? I'll pause this and I'll entertain the the. <laughs> okay. This. Right. Sorry, the Montauk. Great sponsor. In addition. And we're back. Thank you to media. We can just <laughs> stop and start shows. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so what other what other stuff bothers you? I'm curious. Uh, what bothers me? I would say... You wrote down questions, so I'm curious. Oh, well, I was just talking... Uh, some of the things I wrote down were like pricing, sales, negotiating, and then the free work. I would say those, those are really like probably the most uncomfortable things. But I think also... Um, Probably, honestly, at the end of the day, work is work, and you know, you find solutions. You go from A to Z. Sure. And that's not the hard part. I feel like the hard part is dealing with people, and learning to be emotionally intelligent and mastering those skills of empathy and and seeing things from other people's point of view, and staying level-headed. Mm-hmm. I feel is like the ultimate skill. Sure. Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about that the other day. He's like. The ultimate currency of the 21st century is going to be emotional intelligence. Sure. And I thought that was a really interesting post. But um, for me, the thing that's caused me the most unhappiness in this journey mm-hmm. wasn't the work. It wasn't the grind. It wasn't a 16-hour workday multiple days a week for a couple of years or three years. You know, it's it's when, like, you're not seeing eye to eye with somebody that's really close to you and things get really uncomfortable or they get personal and... You know, you may be having to keep going back and forth about the same thing and, and maybe you don't want to talk about it. Maybe you don't know how to talk about it. You know, there's plenty of conversations out there that that people don't know how to have. And that goes from business to life to marriages to, you know, different relationships. It's everything. So I think for me, that would be the most uncomfortable thing is when you get into those situations that you just got to like stare them in the face and just punch it and just go in with as much clarity and honesty as you can and just be like, look, this is how I feel. And there's a great book out there called Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. Uh, we've talked about that. We have. I I, I'm going to interject in a second. Is freaking awesome. But ultimately, it, it just teaches people how they can be the most clear versions and true versions of themselves to have life's most challenging questions or to have life's most challenging conversations and uh, ask the right questions or say the say the right things or listen when you need to listen it, it's unbelievable but all right you're you ready know. for me to rip this book apart all no right. it's actually a good book <laughs> so um so i couldn't remember who told me about it i think you told me about the book Somebody else told me about the power of who, which I also called her, and she didn't answer me, unfortunately. But she was a previous podcast guest, my friend uh, Lisa Frizel. She's the author of the book? No, she or? told me about the book. Oh, okay. Um, so here's my problem with Fierce Conversations. Yeah. I did the audiobook when I was traveling down south for nine days. That book was the hardest book to get through really? ever. She is the most unenthusiastic. So I never heard her voice. Oh my <laughs> God Almighty! I'm t- I tell you what, there was a lot of times I was driving through Alabama where I'm like, I would love to just go get a gun and shoot myself at this point. Wow! It was. I knew that it was recommended to me, so I was like, I have to finish this 
because I know when somebody tells me that I have to read a book, there's probably some kind of gold in it. Mm. Well, once you hear, once that's in your head, you can't. You should just turn it off at that point because you wouldn't get anything out of it. I dude. did. I still got a lot out oh, of you it. You did? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, just forced you, myself. If you hate the it. voice, I mean, you're, no, I still. I knew. You. I knew that I had to finish it. Uh, it took me a lot longer than I would have liked, but I knew I had to finish it, so I just powered through it. Uh, if I do ever go to that book again, I will definitely read it and not audible it. Because that was so difficult. Mm. That was wow, so it's too bad. Difficult. It's a pleasurable read. Susan Scott wrote it. Yeah. Um, or she, yeah. Dude, awful. Awful. You know what one of my favorite things about the book was? So forget about the voice because I didn't hear a, 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 any part of that audio, but one of the one of the think the the best things leaders and and young entrepreneurs can do out there and and anyone who's in business but is like avoid the biggest mistake of having your corrections be after a compliment so i don't know if you remember that part but where she said like harrison if we were on the same team and i was a manager you were an employee and i would say harrison you're you know you're doing a really great job Mm -hmm. around here i see you're putting a lot of effort but your work sucks like not that like that candid, but at the same time, like the, the whole culture of, of having like criticism, follow, follow, um, compliment is so deadly and people end up hating your compliments or they think backhanded stuff's coming. They think you're being passive aggressive. So like, I just love her clarity and the fact that she'll be like, Harrison, um, I'm concerned, you know, I know you do great work, but this hasn't been been where i know you can be like what's going on sure. what's happening like, yeah i just love her approach versus you know Lo- there was the a typical, lot of good stuff in that regard it know? was you know she goes she talks about the oreo thing where you you know you you do good then you do bad and then you do good and the shitty part is we were trained in in literally in high school i remember teachers being like oh this is how this is one way you can give negative feedback you know you, fo- you start with a good compliment then you say oh you know you can improve in this but you do this really good well, bitch, what do I do? Yeah, it's it's just like a bullshit cookie cutter. You know, not sure how to manage type thing. That that gets me nowhere, mm-hmm. literally nowhere, because you can't even be honest with the person to tell them, and that's why I cursed. But like, <laughs> I hate not being honest. It drives me insane. Yeah. Just tell mm-hmm. me. You know, we're adults. It's not like you're you're employing an army of seven year olds who are gonna cry if you tell them something negative. Hey, Jeff, your performance this week really hasn't been that great. We appreciate you as an employee. However, you really need to work on this. You know, we've seen this. We've seen excellent stuff in the pro- in the past from you. I don't understand why it's slipping. What's going on in your life? Right. You know, be mm-hmm. even killed about it. You know, so many people. I hate when people try to give criticism and they're like, I really hope you don't take offense to it. Like, I don't really want to offend anyone. No, of course. That's the whole point of this is to offend, you know, not to offend somebody, but to give them honesty. And, and being offended is your own choice. You right. choose what words make you feel sad. Can you imagine if, uh, if Bill Belichick was like, hey, Tom, uh, you know, you're, you're such a nice guy. And, you know, <laughs> you know, your your uh, your throwing is just great, man. But, uh, you know, that last that last pass, uh, just, you know, mm-hmm. remember that playbook? Like, yeah. dude, what? No one says that. Yeah. It's like, dude, Tom, here's what we got to do. Here's Tom, a mission. You're really good at football, <laughs> yeah. buddy. You throw really good passes. Oh, it's just but bullshit. Just cut to it. You got to stop is. deflating the balls. <laughs> we, because I, we there, there. I cannot pay yes. the refs enough money. 
for them to keep right. overlooking you, you, you filling the balls. But like you're really good at football. <laughs> okay, I just get out there and just keep kicking butt. You know, and keep, I'll keep, keep paying them off. Keep Don't worry kissing about kissing your dad. It's yeah. just you know, <laughs> it's it's absurd. It's absurd. Uh, it's totally a stab. At yeah, I know. We're, we're, you're you're Giants or Jets fan? Neither. I hate all football. I hate oh all sports. Oh my god! Really? Okay. Well, I'm a Jazz fan, With so the exception I naturally of golf. I have love to not golf. like Patriots. Oh, okay, awesome. But I, I, as a side, I do, unfortunately, have a tremendous amount of respect for Tom Brady. So, unfortunately, I had to plug that. He's a beast. But anyway, That's okay. Yeah. He's just a beast. I mean, the guy the guy was, like, almost undrafted in the NFL at all. Like, people, like, didn't even want him. And now he's, like, a God. the quarterback. I know, I know. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I, here's my problem with, with sports. And I, I read this a while back, and it's kind of always sat with me. I never was a big sports person. My parents never got me into sports. Um, like, I always played sports, but I never found entertainment in watching sports. And bread and circus, bro. What? It's bread and circus, anyway. What, is, what does that mean? Do you know? I don't want to go on a big tangent, but go for it's... It. It goes back to like the Roman times of like why yes. sports were created. Yeah, that's like exactly Greece. what I was gonna say. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lot of it's just distraction. The Romans started yeah. the Colosseum because they would do the f- terrible shit when everybody was in the Colosseum watching the fights. Oh, I knew we were gonna get into conspiracy shit. Oh, so, you know, and and I, I and I was like, holy shit! Like I'll never watch sports. You know, yeah. If I'm sitting at a bar, I'm already there. I'm, I'm gonna watch the game, but I'm not gonna actively sit down in front of my TV or, or anything like that and and do it. You know, uh, yes. Do I have a kryptonite? I play video games. I love video games. In my opinion, at least I'm interacting with somebody else. One and two, where I play video games, which is here, I tend to get a lot of work done because I just hop back and forth between it. Mm. Oh, this is actually a really good topic. We could tie this into entrepreneurship too, because. Sure. I think one thing that what that's challenging is staying focused and and it's like you know all entrepreneurs and I said it before too but you hear about like oh I put in 90 hour work weeks and there's no time for fun if you're starting a business like you better not mess around no video games no sports no anything right you know and so how do you how do you like like what is it really what does it really look like as, as an entrepreneur and there's a guy named Andy Frisella who I would probably say nailed this the best and he says he actually doesn't work that much. He just works really, really efficient. And, excuse me. So what he does at the beginning of the day, he said he's got his power five. So he says, if I only did five things today that would make me feel incredibly fulfilled and successful for the day, what would those five things be that I have to get done? And then for the first like four or five hours of your day, you don't do anything else until those five things are done. And then after those five things are done, you can literally do whatever you want because chances are, if you got 20 or 30 things on your list and you try to nail all 20 or 30 of them, like that's too much to, depending on what they are, like you're so, you're so spread out. You're not highly focused. You're not putting all of your attention and energy into one thing. And I think that's where we as entrepreneurs can go wrong is we try to just do everything and be everything to everybody. It's like, dude, if you did five things like excellent every day, you know, you're doing like what is that? Uh, seventeen fifty. Check my math. It's gonna be terrible, but seventeen fifty seven one thousand seven hundred fifty things incredibly well a year. Oh my God, that's incredible. But five sounds like a small amount in the beginning, but five isn't that much. You know. You know. So this is so. To talk about like productivity and stuff like that, also. I have this conversation a lot with people. They're like, "Why do you have an office? Like, you could have just done all your stuff from home." And I'm like, "Because you don't understand, like." If you don't, if you've never worked from home, 
it's very hard for me to paint this picture in your mind, but I like still kids do. get in the way, or you know, if you have kids, I don't have any kids, but like the that dog you know. needs to go out. Yeah, that I know of. The the dog needs to go out. You know, somebody forgot so and so or something that there, and then somebody comes home on their lunch break because I still live at home, and they're bothering you. Oh, you know, could you do this? Could you help me with this? Could you do this? Could you do this? Could you do this? And it's just like it's not that it's information overload. I can hop back and forth pretty quickly between things and still give very good focus to to things, but people take more time than like a task or a video game or something like that. I can play a video game, die, and jump right back to work. I can't let the dog out and forget about him. Mm -hmm. He'll die, especially in the wintertime. He's five pounds. Wow. You know, that little sucker ain't living in the cold. So... You know, it's not like I could just let the dog out, run back to the computer and start working again, and then I don't hear any more barks because he's laid out in the backyard. Like, morbid as could be, but, like, Mm -hmm. those are things that I have to worry about when I'm home. Then, you know, I want to eat something, and he's there barking, and then so-and-so comes home, or, you know, ah, you know, there's always, you know, let me make myself lunch, and making myself lunch takes more than 30 minutes. Now it's 45 minutes, an hour, hour and 15, you know, because I have all that time now. So what 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 do you recommend as far as if you're a startup entrepreneur? Where can you go? For what? To have your own private space. If you don't have the money for an office, like let's say you're just starting, you don't even have money for an office. Do if you, you do? don't have money for an office, work from home. But just let everybody know in your house, or go to an area of the house that's not used, that you're out of sight, out of mind. Or honestly, go work in a Starbucks. Go work in a Starbucks. Go work in a Panera. They literally do not kick you out. You know, Panera has a time limit on their their wi-fi i think now depending on the location but go sit in starbucks go to the library there's so many places that you can go Mm -hmm. if you're in the business world and you have friends hey by the way does anybody have an extra office that i could steal for a couple hours a day you know look i'm looking to get my feet on the ground i would find you would find it very hard to believe but so many people want you to succeed the amount of people that would say hey i have an extra office when you start making money you can pay me for rent but until then, don't worry about it. Like, I think that people are afraid to ask. And if you don't ask, you're never going to receive because people can't read minds. It's very true. That's very true. And I, I think I love your point about the library, too, because I feel like I feel like people forgot the library exists. Do you ever, you ever feel that? Like, oh, absolutely. Like, any, I, I don't think I've ever run into a friend that's my age or just in their 20s. It's like, hey, I'll be at the library. No. Like, no, sure. nobody, like... But it's such a great resource. You're telling me you have this place with amazingly high-speed Wi-Fi, every resource on anything you'd ever want to learn, people that are willing to help you for free for no reason, and it's completely quiet. Sure. And you have ultimate Especially if you're not good at technology. Like, if you're one of those people that's not good at technology, library is like a home run. That's very true. Here's the other thing that I think about, too, for entrepreneurs. If you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. I mean, look at you. You're literally, you know, for me, yeah, I built an office, but I could have done this shit from home. Like, you have a product. Like, you have a physical thing. You can't really – you can't fake a golf simulator, especially yours. It's pretty goddamn big. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if you want it bad enough – and this is why, you know, when, pe- when people say, you know, oh, you started your own business, you know, it can't be that hard. Bro, if you want it – or, you know – Who said that? I've had so many we people. Uh, I've had so many people. Dude, it's awful. But, like, if you – I, and I also love hearing business, newly in business people that are like, you know, I don't know how you do this. Bro, if you don't know how to do it, 
and you're not willing to go try to find the answer, you don't want it bad enough. I'm sorry. You're YouTube d- University. Yep. You it literally YouTube University, Skillshare, $10 a course, something, free webinars. There is so much information on the, on the internet. You have no excuse for not being able to figure something out. Mm-hmm. If you don't do any business networking, you should probably start doing business networking. Yeah, is it going to cost you some money? Probably. But at least you're going to start to get an idea of like who you, who can help you. I don't feel bad for people when they say, like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this, you know. Bro, figure that shit out. FSO. Now, if yeah. you're a specialist. FTSO. Like, yeah, FSO. Oh, FTSO, yeah. yeah. You know. I get it. There's certain things that you probably can't do or probably shouldn't do. For example, you probably shouldn't try to do your taxes for your business. Chances are pretty good you're going to end up in jail because you're not going to know what's – or you're going to lose money. You're better off paying an expert. There are certain things that you have to understand that when it's appropriate to pay somebody to do a job. For me, personally, I'd rather pay people to do jobs because I know it's going to get done. It's what I'm paying for. And if if you don't do what I pay you for, then I want my money back. Mm Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And, okay, great. You can't do this. On to the next one. You know, people think it's so much harder than it than it is. I think everything's harder than it is. Everything is literally super easy. Super easy. Making well, a successful business is hard as shit. But if you want to start a business, with $500, you can go to an accountant or a lawyer, and they'll fill out that paperwork, and you can have a business. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think the hard thing on, on that topic is, is like... Yeah, you could you could learn everything. Everything. But you only have one lifetime and you can't learn everything in a lifetime. So it's like deciding what you are going to make yourself good at and what you're going to delegate and sure. how to how to decide what's what. I think that's challenging for me cuz like I'm the kind of person that I could if you told me I had to build a rocket, like eventually it might take me like 40 years, but I would probably figure out how to do it and I'd build it my own rocket by I myself. I honestly think you could probably figure out how to make a rocket. From zero to takeoff in, I would say, two months. Honest to God. Well, if we're talking about, I meant like a big ass rocket. Like, uh, like let's go to the freaking moon. Oh, oh I no. was thinking I'm talking big. one to get like a thousand, oh, couple I thousand used to feet sh- high. I used to build rockets when I was a kid. Yeah. Actually. So I, that, that's easy. I could do that in like a week. Probably. Sure. But, uh, but, um, <clears throat> like, my challenge is delegating and, trying to figure out like okay i know i can do these 10 things but if i just did one or two of them and i delegated the rest of the eight then i can get really like and get really moving yeah even if i gotta pay somebody like mm-hmm. i have a friend um who now works with us his name is frank gargano one of the smartest young business people that you'll see he's gonna be rising star in whatever he does not who i think and uh from staten island but um he told me that he hires his friends to drive his car like when he's going to and from meetings or whatever, like mm-hmm. he'll be like, yo, you want to make 10, 15 bucks an hour? Like, and he works on his laptop with his friends driving his car. And he's like 20, he's 22. I was like, what a beast. Cause he realizes the value of his time. Sure. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, what a smart, what a smart thing to do. Sure. And actually I pissed off my family a few weeks ago because oh, my, great at that. my, yeah, my grandma <laughs> needed help moving some furniture. And I, I found somebody, my brother's friend, I we paid him like 30, 40 bucks to do that so I didn't have to do it. I could keep working. Yeah. And uh, my, my family found out that we did that. They were pissed. And I was like, guys, I was like, think about it. I was like, they're like, what about quality time with family? I was like, I was like, is me picking up a couch from grandma and then hauling it to a dump quality time with my grandma? I don't think so. That's just, that's just random work. I was like, 
I can't be doing random work right sure. now. You know, like some of these things have to be delegated. My mom. So I got a. There's. I have. A, I got a uh, parking ticket the other day in New York City, and Sick. I've gotten plenty. Oh, so. I hate them so much, dude. And New York City's broke too. I hate. I hate New York City. So. <laughs> so. I get this parking ticket, and one day I was just like, all right, let me just pay real quick. So I go online, I pay the thing, and my mom hops in my car the other day, and she's like, oh, what's this? I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's you know, a slip for parking for a parking ticket. She goes, oh, fight it. I'm like, for what? She's like, fight the ticket. You'll get out of it. I'm like, why? Why would I fight the ticket? It's a parking ticket, first mm-hmm. of all. She's like, yeah, but you know, then you don't have to spend the money for the $35. I go, mom, do you right, understand... The headache, oh, the 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 time. St- the time, the headache. I bet you money. I gotta go back to New York City, which gives me the, another opportunity to get another ticket. You'll spend more in a round trip or the same amount of round trip Long Island Railroad I'm subway. Like, it's just ticket. cheaper for me to just pay the goddamn ticket. <laughs> She's like, no, it's not. You could save the thirty five. I'm like, oh my god, explaining money to people and business and opportunity cost to people that have never done this before is like trying to. Make a cheeseburger out of a concrete. It's impossible. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I think it comes from just a scarcity mindset of you got to save everything, every penny you can, you know? And back when you said before about how if you told an entrepreneur they could spend if they knew it was going to work, right? I think a lot of people don't feel comfortable spending their money in general because they, I think they have a lot of fear or scarcity or this worry that it's not going to work. So help. entrepreneurs should not have that mentality. At yeah, all. I think a lot do though. That's and a, I think, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I think the the challenge is like when you have so little to sure. spend, then I think the fear is there. I'm because like I feel like when you have more in your bank account, it's, e- it's way easier to spend, right? Obviously, I'm great at spending money. I don't have. <laughs> well, then you're a rare breed. Talk <laughs> I am about, so good you, at spending money. Talk, I do not have. Talk about that fearlessness that helps you spend and it's because it's not a cost it's an investment sure talk about like the investment non-scarcity mindset that you have that might be helpful i i definitely think it's given me the advantage and honestly you know there there's there's a certain level of things like i cannot afford it like the bank account will not allow me to do which i totally understand there's also things that come by my desk that the bank account says you probably shouldn't do that (laughs) but if you needed to, you're just going to be broke for a month. Okay. And there's also things that come by my desk that are like, hey, you probably don't need this, but you could easily afford it. Okay. Those are like the three main categories of shit that comes across my, my desk. So for me, like my buddy was telling me about this thing that helps you grow a business on, on LinkedIn and, and just it's just like a software that runs. And he's like, it helps bring you real leads. Hmm. I've, yeah, for, I get contacted by those places all the yeah. time. Yeah, so I'm all like, time. okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, there is a cost to it, and I would probably try it out for like two to three months. Great, thousand bucks or so. Thousand this, bucks. This dude don't got a thousand dollars to spend on a try. But if I get one lead out of it and it closes business, paid for itself forever. Mm-hmm. You know. So for me, it's like, oh my god, a thousand dollars. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going out to eat this month. Did it work? Um, I literally found out about it yesterday. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm curious to see. Once I do, I'll let you know. But and I'll be the guinea pig. <laughs> but for me, like, we'll use HubSpot for example, because I know mm. that you now know what HubSpot right, is. Right. Yeah. So I use HubSpot for as a CRM 
And I was keeping track of my deals and stuff like that on Excel. I realized that I was missing deals or I wasn't putting things in Excel or I'd go to a meeting and something was mentioned and I didn't have a chance. Like, I had to wait to my, get to back to my computer because I didn't even think to put it in Google Docs. And even when I did, it was like a process to put it in Google Docs and it wasn't organized and I couldn't really search everything out, whatever it was. Here comes HubSpot and I use it. And now it's like if I have a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh, go speak to this person. Hold on one second. Let me put that in my phone so I don't forget. Boom. It's in there. You know, everything, it's, it just goes in there. And now... You know, am I doing more business than I was prior? Yes. But I'm also not losing track of what I had in the pipeline because mm. it's all there. That's my take on it. It just makes, you know, for me, I was losing track of deals and talk to this person, do this and do this. And, you know, hey, but, you know, let's do business together. When should we talk? Let's talk in six months. Okay, great. Let me put that in my CRM. I was bleeding out potential money that I didn't make. Mm. And now, now that I have this, it's, you know, and I tried Salesforce and Salesforce sucked. And and I could talk shit about Salesforce because they haven't done anything good for me. But they weren't good. I mean, their reputation is huge, right? Absolute waste of money. Their reputation is huge and and Salesforce is great if you're a company with millions of dollars to spend. So you got to be a big company. You have to be a big company. They're not worth, they're not worth it for the little guy Mm. at all. So... For me, now, using like HubSpot is made my life tremendously, and that's just the CRM I use. I know people that use other CRMs, but it's just something that I don't have to think about as far as, you know, oh my God, am I going to miss that deal? How much is this deal? What are the notes going on? Now, when I bring somebody onto my team, now it's, you know, hey, you know, go through prospects that we had. Okay, great. Well, what happened with these prospects? Well, all the notes are right there. You already have everything. I don't need to sit there and... Mm-hmm. It spit out everything that went on, you know. Why wouldn't you want to do that? That's the way I look at it, you know. For me, that's been ten out of ten the best decision I've made so far. Yeah, that's huge. You know, just keeping track of deals, keeping track of clients, keeping track of all that kind of stuff. You know, it sounds stupid. You know, somebody who's listening to this that doesn't own a business is probably like, "How do you lose track of your clients?" You'd be surprised, bro. When you got a million things going on and you're the solopreneur and you got to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner meetings, and somehow squeeze in work through all that. You lose track of it pretty damn quickly. Yeah, especially like for us, if you're if you're trying to sell to new for, to get new business, I mean we we contact probably about a hundred new clients a week. Wow. And me personally, I'll do probably new clients about, or new prospects. Oh yeah, sorry, new prospects, Big new difference. potential clients. You're right. So on average, we'll each of us one a couple of our guys do I don't know, two hundred phone calls a week. I'll do. I'll probably do a little less. I usually do about 30, okay. but still like keeping track of those and trying to have meaningful conversations. Right. You've got to have a system. If you don't have a system, like over, you will bro. never be personal in those calls. Like if you can't, if you don't have a way to track that, like next month, that guy's daughter graduates from college and it's the highlight of his life to see his, his daughter graduate. Like if you don't have a minute to write that down, keep track of that and then call him next month and be like, Hey, congrats. How's your daughter doing? She must be pumped. Like those little things mm-hmm. mean more sometimes than, hey, we got a new software, we got a new simulator, we got a new. Sure. You know what I mean? So sure. You're right. You gotta. You gotta build. Gotta. To, yeah, you gotta. Gotta be personal in the non-personal age. Yes. You know. Um, that you just can't lose track. You know, if you say you're gonna follow up with somebody, you gotta follow up with them. You know, you gotta. You know, hey, I need this. You know, you can't call them again and ask what they needed. They already told you. You got one shot. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the next person's going to come in and do the same thing. 
You know, you got to be so, so careful. I've had, you know, at my old company, I had a client literally not want to do business with us because I forgot to hit save on something. And it and it made me not, I, I forgot to hit save. Their file went under, you know, went unwatched. And, you know, two or three days later, he's like, hey, what's the, story, what's the status? And I'm like, oh, my team, I hit, forgot to hit save, you know, honest mistake. And he's like, nope, that's a sign. See you later. Bye. Done. You only have one chance. One chance. Just do your That's job. it, bro. Yeah. That's it. All because I forgot to hit save. <clears throat> He's like, I need it done. I need it done now. And you forgot to hit save. And you're a nice guy. And I respect you. And I love what you do. But not take not. If you forgot to hit save, what is everybody else doing? And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Put it, re- you know, put it in a real perspective for me. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk, like. I guess if we're on the theme of like uncomfortable things. Can you talk about so that's actually a perfect example but like have you can you do you have an example of like have you ever made a huge mistake but then been able to fix it All and time. like what did you do like how did Apologized. you Apologized. Hmm. You owned it. Owned it, bro. Yeah. Owned that shit like it's you, going with you to the grave. Mhm. Honestly. What's the worst that happens? You got to give the person your, their money back? Okay, great. You know. Do you do money back guarantees? Uh, I'm thinking about it. I, you know, I usually don't mess things up that yeah. badly that I've had to give money back, but I would. Honestly, if somebody was so dissatisfied. We've been wanting to experiment with that. Uh, if, so, if somebody was so dissatisfied, um, I would absolutely give them their money back. Uh, but if I carried out everything that was agreed upon and you didn't like the end product because of your – like, great example. I had somebody come up to me and say, hey, I want a logo made and I want a business card made. Great. I don't normally really do that. So I have a couple designers that I work with. Went to the designers. Hey, I, this is what I, this is what my client needs to stand the other thing. Made the logo. The client didn't like the logo. Made the logo again. Client didn't like the logo. Made the logo again. And usually when you work with a designer, you only get a couple revisions. You get, hey, this is my design. This is mm-hmm. what I like. This client was an ultra pain in the ass. And I can't talk about it. Can't talk about who it is on air. And then I said to the designer, okay, great. He likes this design. He's going to go with it. Can you design me a business card? Sure. Well, I partially, me, forgot to ask what size business card he wanted. Mm. That'd be easy to overlook. At the same time. I would assume it'd be the regular. The person buying didn't tell me what size business card they wanted. Mm. So I had the designer make the generic size of business card. Turns out that's not what the client wanted. Now, this client I could care less for at this point, but, you know, that was, we'll call that as my ultra mess up. I was so ready to just take the $200 loss, because that's what we boiled down to, and just say, here's your money back. Leave me the fuck alone. Sorry for everyone that had to hear that curse. Hmm. But, like, I don't ever want to talk to you again. You are not worth my time. You are not worth the money. You're not worth the headache. Honestly, go find somebody else that's willing to do it, and I'll take the hit on my pocket. Hmm. That That is like worst-case scenario. Did I turn it around? Yeah, I went to the designer. I'm like, look, we just got to get through this one. He's like, yeah, you give me a ton of business. I really can't complain. Fine. And thank God that that designer is like cool as could be in that regard, and he hooked me up and helped me out till we finished it. And I gave it to the client and said, here you go. Bye. That's it. You know, haven't told them we're done yet, but hopefully they never reach out. And when they do, I'll be like, look, you either got to do a total 180 or you got to pay me a shitload more money because I overworked way more than you paid me for. Mm. Well, I think that goes back to what you were teaching me last week about 
making it really easy for your customers to, to do business with you and yeah. to, to know how the process works. That was like unexplored territory. So like, and, and logo design and graphic is very like arbitrary to begin with. It's kind of like you, you can't just follow steps A to Z. It's, it's all about like, Hey, I don't really feel that, you know, yeah. it's got to feel good to them, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah, whatever, whatever industry you do, it's actually a lot like that in the, in the event business. There's not like if you do X, Y, and Z, it's guaranteed to be perfect. It's like you have to flow and you have to, it has to feel good for everybody. You have to create a vibe, you know? So yeah, I can, I can definitely relate a lot to that, but yeah, I I like what you taught me last week about, about having the process laid out ahead of time so that you get all that stuff done. They know that what's, what to expect and it's just easier. Dude, I'm so you got my document for this Mm -hmm. now. I just wrote that, that, wrote that up the other day because I'm so sick of having people say, I'm answering. I'm so my thing is, and the answer that the book kind of opened my eyes. To this is I'm wasting so much time answering the same goddamn questions over and over again. Mm-hmm. How do I buy a website? How do I do this? 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 How do I how do I be on the podcast? How do I do this? How do I do this? What do I need to know about the podcast? All these different things. I, how much time I've wasted telling people, and I know you've been on the podcast before. I more so just want to send it to you, just so you you had it, but. Like the amount of time that lapses of me telling people the same thing over and over and over again. How is that a good value mm. of my time? Yeah, it's not. You know, for mm. a question that I've already answered and I have already answered it quite thoroughly. So creating these documents, creating an onboarding list, creating all these different things, you know, creating this learning center that I'm building on my website. Like a YouTube one. But right? Yeah. Like a YouTube video learning? Anything. Yeah. E- just something to educate people. Mm-hmm. It could be a blog. It could be an ebook. From now on, I'm going to write this ebook out that literally lays out everything I do. It's probably going to be like 20 or 30 pages. And anytime somebody wants to do business with me, I'm going to send that to them first. Hmm. So that way, when I go there for my meeting, I don't have to answer the same stupid questions. All How do I buy a website? What if I don't like the website? What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? What do you need from me? It's all laid out, bro. You know what though? I would, I would, I would suggest on that note is like, be careful for at least from what we see of using like a book format, mm-hmm. because what I what we find is like people's people's attention spans are very short. You don't and, read it. We ain't doing business, bro. Right, but like, I I would say I would caution to like, because you you might lose customers you might want, and if if you could give them the same information in a three minute video. Yes. That's what I mean. Like if it's supplemented, if it's a ability to be supplemented with It's not going to be 20 or 30 pages of just yeah, text. That'd be like, absurd. We actually talked about that with our teams, like creating a manual. But uh-huh. I was like, dude, no one's going to no one's going to read it's a gotta manual. It's got to have pictures, got to have videos, yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. So people that's, watch a, a 2 minute 3, three minute video, they're not going to read a 30 page book. No. Know? But they'll read a 5 or 10 page book with 20 pages worth of pictures of graphs and documents. That's some interesting math there, but you're right. Shh. <laughs> but so in in the book and I keep referring to the book the book is They Ask You Answer by Mark Sheridan yeah. great book um, but he talks about answering all those questions so mm-hmm. you know I don't expect somebody to read a 30 page book but if they're looking to buy a website for me I expect them to go to the website section of the book how to figure out what how a website is priced out how to figure out what drives the price of a website up and down how to figure out what hosting is and why you need it all of these different things that go into, you know, whatever I do, that way when they say, hey, you know, I want to buy a website from you. Great. Let's have a sit down meeting and talk. Before we sit down and talk, I would recommend reading this section of my book 
boom, here you go. If they're not willing to spend two or three minutes or 10 or 20 minutes, maybe, or an hour reading that section of the book, and they're going to spend five to $10,000 with me, do I really want them as a customer? You're not going to invest 20 minutes of your time when you're going to spend 10 grand? Mm-hmm. And that also prevents me from messing up because now they know exactly what to expect. Yeah. The the thing, I've, I think there's a lot of good points in there. The challenge that I would see from a, for a new company is like, you got to do everything you can to make it as easy as possible to get the business first. If you're a company that's been around for 10, 20 years and you're very respectful and people come to you and like your biggest problem is that you have too many inquiries and it's like to eating up your time. Oh yeah, you got to have that. But like, for me, I almost feel like my challenge is like as a newer company, I don't get as many inquiries as I want, which is like marketing problem one on one. But what I do, I almost feel like I would be, I would sometimes prefer to be the one that's walking <coughs> them through it, be like having the personal touch because I know I could sell it better than anybody else or any book. But so when it's an interesting line when there. You're starving isn't it? for leads. Yes, mm. then you do want to take the time to explain it, handhold it. When you're not starving for leads then and this goes back to what i was saying before those blogs are gold gold because mm-hmm. somebody can visit you online they can go check you out learning center how to buy you know on the on the front page how to buy how to rent a golf simulator boom click on that button brings it to the blog and you just wrote a nice article that if they want to spend two to three minutes because it really doesn't take that long to read a two two to four page article right if they want to read how to buy it how much easier do you think that sale is going to be or you're going to determine whether in that article you're going to say hey this is you know things that cost more these are things that cost less how did you know if, if you have a set price you could talk about having a set mm. price you know this is what we charge for this this is what we charge for this this is what we charge for this so that way, you don't have to go through the whole process of saying, oh, look at my golf simulator. This, this. How much does it cost? Cost $10,000. And that's not how much Jeff's thing costs, but cost $10,000. Oh my God, that's so much money. Well, you just wasted a half hour to 45 minute or an hour long drive there, half hour to 45 minute, hour long drive mm-hmm. back, plus a 30, to 30, 30 minute to an hour long meeting. So you just wasted yeah. three hours on a potential customer that was never going to be a customer because they never had budget because they didn't read about it first. Mm-hmm. How much time would that save you? Oh, a tremendous amount of time. Yeah. You would have already disqualified them on your website as they can't be a customer because they don't have it in, in their budget per se. But I love that objection. Here's the nice part. Let's say the let's say renting a golf simulator costs ten thousand dollars because I really don't know how much it costs. But how to get a positive ROI on your golf simulator. If you're a business owner, rent out a golf simulator. Invite five, you know, invite three people or five people that you want to meet and three people that are already your clients that you know are going to give you an astounding review. Mm-hmm. Buy them all lunch for 50 or 100 bucks or whatever it's going to be because you're talking what? I said three people. So you're talking eight people. Have Chipotle or somebody else come in and cater it. I know you're a big Chipotle fan. Love Chipotle. And... Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd be a good sponsor. Probably, honestly. Um, and then now it's going to cost you 80 or or $100 on top of whatever the golf simulator is going to cost. If you can't close that business, that is a you problem. Mm-hmm. And if your goal is just to have contacts and establish contacts, invite more people. 
the worst thing that happens is less people get more time, less time to play the game. But they're going to spend time talking to other people and building those relationships. It's a win all around. So telling people, you know, the benefits of having a golf simulator, the downfalls of having a golf simulator, <laughs> takes up a lot of room. You can only have one or two people or four people golfing at a time. Like all these different things. And really, and, I'm, and I'll talk to you about this off air, but breaking down the good, the bad, the ugly of everything. So mm-hmm. that way, when that client is ready to go, and this literally applies to anybody else's industry, whoever is listening to this, if you're in business, now when that time comes to talk about finance or whatever it is, all their questions have been answered. Yeah. And if you can, and here's the crazy Transparency point. is huge Amazing. for a sale. Amazing. Yeah. You know, if it varies in price, don't talk about the price. Just talk about what causes the price for me, you know, Websites start out at about $5,000. That's just what they cost. Do they go up and down a little bit? Yes. Is is that the generic number? Yes. What causes the website to go down? Are you going to produce all the content for me or am I going to have to produce it myself? Are you going to give me all the photos or do I have to go get them myself? Are you going to give me the logo or do I have to go get it myself? All these things drive the cost of a website down. Everything else, I want an e-com store. I want to do this. I want to have private logins for people. I want to have this. I want to have a, a revolving calendar that I want you to update and all, or, or have people update. And I want to make sure this and this and this, this makes the price go up. So now when the customer sits down with me, I can send them this document and say, these are the things that cause, cause a website to go up and down. And this is typically the median cost and all these things. And these factors go into it. I already know they're going to call me and say, hey, it's way too much or we need to talk or I think I'm about mm-hmm. the right budget. Let's have that conversation. Done. 10 million times easier. And if they don't want to call me because it's too expensive, they were never going to be a customer in the mm-hmm. first place. Yeah. How cool would it be? Like, think about the, the businesses that have the most like barrier to entry or people are most uncomfortable going to. Like, I was just at a body shop, had some good experiences, but like you're really uncomfortable. I feel like going into a body shop or going to a mechanic, like you don't, not knowing anything about that subject. Body shops should have, and I'm cutting you off again. No worries. Body I shops should like have the nicest waiting rooms on the face of this goddamn earth. They usually have terrible ones. And they always have shitholes. Terrible ones, yeah. But, like, how cool would it be if you could go on your on their Google page, and the first thing that pops up is, is a video that says, like, hey, welcome to Smith Auto Body. Uh, we're, sh- we're sure you're probably feeling a little uncomfortable coming back down here. Sorry that your car got banged up. Like that sucks. But here's like the top five things you need to know before you come here. Like here's, here's how we do pricing. Here's, here's how long it'll take. Here's the best rental car place nearby. Like here's when to know how insurance will do what here's what to know about how it'll affect your warranty. Like, boom, hit us with all the, the main concerns and hope that makes you feel comfortable. Give us a call. If you want to come by and check it out, we'd love to meet you. Like, those things make it so much easier for the customer to buy. It puts you at ease. I was really uncomfortable going into these I situations. Had a, if I had a body shop, and this is hypothetical, if I had a body shop, I would have a couple iPads with a preloaded video of every step of the process of what happens to your car from the moment you walk in the door to the moment you leave. So that way, when you go to the lady at the counter, it's not, when do I expect my car back? When do I do this? When is this going to happen? Mm-hmm. All those questions have already been answered. They, you know, have a seat, grab a cup of coffee. I'll be with you in a few minutes. By the way, in the meantime, please watch this video. Here's an iPad. Boom. And right. after you watch the video, surf the internet while, while you wait. Legendary changes would happen in that industry. You'd be like, oh, my God. Okay, so this is the process that we go through. First, we're going to need your driver's license. This, 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 this. 
Or please let the lady at the counter know if you're going to need a rental car, if you have another car that is going to be used, what happened in the accident. We're going to ask that question. Now, from that pro- part of the process, we're going to say we're going to take your car in. There may be cars ahead of you, so my pro, you know, based on how busy we are, and we've, we're better, we're one of the quote unquote better body shops, so we're quite busy. So you're looking at a one week lead time minimum before we rip, rip apart the car. Here's the process of what's going to happen. And I'm just using my friend Donna's shop, V&J Auto, in Lindenhurst. They don't have iPads, but they have a very cool process. Hmm. Um, I had to give her a plug. So yeah, there you go. they take your car in. They tear down the car. They take off all the damaged parts on it. If there's metal that's damaged that can't be taken off, they circle it. They tell you the process that's going to happen. Great. This is all. We're going to take the whole car apart. It's going to sit here for a couple days. The insurance person is going to come in, and they're going to evaluate the car. We're going to go over the car with the insurance person to let them know what they may or may not have missed or if they didn't look under the hood, per se, of the car to see what's actually wrong with the car. Mm-hmm. From there, you're going to get a phone call letting you know how much it's either going to cost or who's going to pay for it or whatever it is. At that point in the process, you're going to say, go ahead with the work or let's total the car or whatever is going to happen. And then from there, we're going to bring it over to our shop. This is a nice little view of our shop. This is what's going to happen. These are the, this is, you know, this is Frank. He's the, he's the finisher. This is Mike. He's the mechanic. This is Phil. He is the guy that puts all the plastic on the car. Uh, and this is Joe who makes sure that the car is the right tone of color that it should be. Done. After that's all said and done, we're going to take your car for a test drive. We're going to make sure that everything performs as it should. From there on out, we're going to give you a call. We're going to schedule a day for you to come in so we can show you your car and answer any questions you might have. And then at the end of that, you're going to get your keys and you're going to be on your merry way to enjoy the rest of the day. If you watched a five-minute video on that before you gave them the keys to your car, you would be like, oh, my God, thank you. This is exactly how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Done. That would change your business a yeah. million fold. I wish I just videoed that whole goddamn thing. That would have been great. I, I did mean, video it kind of. Yeah. Secretly. Yeah, there you go. I mean, technically you did. But you know, and you gotta you gotta know that all these all these people are looking you up first before they call you. You know, so having this on your website, like you're talking about, having it as when when you do a Google search, having that be one of the first things that pops up is so important. So important. You know? And now nowadays everybody checks reviews on everything. You don't buy everything. Anything. I mean, like look at Amazon. If you see two products, one has 4,000 reviews that averages a five-star rating. One has eight reviews. Even if it's like – or even if it was a four-star rating on the on the 5,000 reviews one, that sure. one's still more credible than the one that has five stars but it has eight reviews. Yep. You know what I mean? You'll probably buy the one that most people bought. Yep, yep, because you, know? you know that, okay, it's a four-star product. Right. You know, I'm not taking a risk on it. Right. It could be a five or a two. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know, it, it's it's just it's so crazy. You know, I think the power of video is changing the business world. One and two, I think people are just fed up with BS. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with talking about how much my websites cost. Why? Because nobody else is doing it. Yeah. You know, why is nobody else doing it? They think they have the secret sauce. They think you know, you know, every body shop is going to have a slightly different price, like you're going through right now. But for the most part, they're all doing similar things we'll call it you know but you got to figure out what's going to be the best and worst thing how does the process go this is what we require you know this 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 imagine they said they gave you that video and said hey this is the process that you're going to go through you know just so you know yes we understand that you know you're not going through insurance so there's going to be some minor changes in your process and stuff like that but for the most part this is exactly what's going to go through with your Mm -hmm. car you would be like 
okay, it's worth spending a little bit more money on a process and, and things like that that I know is going to happen as opposed to it sitting in, an, in the back of a garage for six weeks till it gets touched. Right. You know, almost being like, yeah, we're super busy. It's not going to get touched for two weeks. Okay, so you got to have the rental car for a little longer. So what? It's so much easier to admit your faults right in the beginning than waiting for, you know, them, somebody else to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially now, like, if you're going to have any kind of retail or some kind of store, if it's not easy and comfortable for people to, to do business with mm-hmm. you, like, what are you doing? There's a guy, Grant Cardone. You're, you're, a, Car- you're a Cardone fan? Absolutely. 10 yeah. twice. He talks about, like, why retail spaces are dying so much, like sure. Macy's and, like, Sears and, like, JCPenney's and places like that that were once so big and powerful would never have anything happen to them. But, like, you go into one of those stores, and a lot of the times, like, it's hard to find someone to help you. And a lot of times there's long lines, and there's, like, one or two people checking out. And you got to wait. And Grant made a great video about it. He's like, He's like, if you're making it inconvenient for your customers to give you their money, like, what are you doing? Like, what? Like, you deserve to go out of business. Yep. If your customer has to wait to pay you, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yep. Like, you should be instant, you know? Instant. Yeah. Um, I Dude, I say it all the time at Best Buy. I am so surprised Best Buy has not gone out of business yet. And people are like, why do you want that? I'm like, I would absolutely not want Best Buy to go out of business because that is my yeah, Best Buy my support you know, facility, you know, I, I'm out somewhere like this literally happened a couple weeks ago. I'm human. I forgot an SD card. The nice part about Best Buy is they're on every corner. Mm-hmm. Went out, you know, it was five minutes away, ran out, gra- grabbed an SD card, ran back. I was gone for 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes. The longest part of my entire trip was waiting online at Best Buy. Their, their customer, their customer service blows, blows. Is it really not good? Have you? When was the last time you bought something at Best Buy? Oh, I don't know. Probably two years ago. Yeah, it's awful, dude. Really? Awful. Especially if there's a line. I made a mistake once. I went in on Black Friday. Didn't even realize it was Black Friday, actually. Whoa. Um, I needed a adapter. God help you if you go shopping in person on Black Friday. I, I didn't even know. I literally got there, and I was like, why are there so many people online? I'm like, oh, my God, it's Black <laughs> Friday. Literally, that's exactly how it went. Wow. I would have preferred to leave cash at the register and just said, you know, I'll be back. You know, take it out of there and keep the change. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like... The fact that the line is like two, like it probably, honestly, people waited an hour and a half online. I kid you not oh. for for stuff. Why wouldn't you have every single register in the entire building working? Honestly, it's the busiest day of the year. Why wouldn't you? They're trying to save money. That's that's the save money. You're gonna make money because more people. I would have bought that right. day. Yeah. You know, granted, whatever well, I was buying wasn't gonna be that much money. Scarcity thinking. That's what it is. You know. You know, but, like, why wouldn't – I would have – okay, great. Even if you filled every register. Let's say there's 20 registers. 20 registers by $15 an hour because that's probably what those guys make. Okay, great. Bring them on for four hours. How much is that going to cost you? Or six, or even the day. You're going to get so many more people through the door. And if it's if it's dead, send them home. Hey, by the way, we appreciate you. Here's – you know, thanks for clocking in. Here's a twenty dollars gift card to Applebee's. Go get dinner. Appreciate you. Bye. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, it, it, I just it, got one of those. A twenty dollars Applebee's gift card actually. It's fun I hate Applebee's. It wasn't for waiting at Best Buy though, uh, or for working there. You know, for me, I would never wait on that line. It's not worth it for me. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll figure out something else. Yeah, you could literally but they order just lost it online, and it would be there. Amazon does same day delivery for some stuff. It's for like, some stuff, what yeah. What am I doing? Why you know, am I here? 
you know, for me, that was just, you know, why would I ever, you know, I went to go return an iPhone case that literally cost me $15. I waited online for 45 minutes. Oh, that's, killer. you know, that's killer. I, Should have just thrown it out at that point. Exactly. Seriously. Yeah. I would have, I would have just rather give it away. It's not worth my time. You know, I'm not saying that I'm a baller or I'm rich, but like having the value of time, you know, like what could I have done with that time? I could have gotten all my other errands done. Instead, I sat in Best Buy for 45 minutes while every other store that I need to go to closed. Mm. You know, how great is that? And then on top of that, to make the cherry on top, I get the Best Buy and I finally go to return. The lady I'm dealing with is miserable as could be. Hates her life. We have an inside joke when you run into uh, to stores like that. Like when they answer the phone, they're like, Hey, welcome to whatever. We hate money. Like that's literally. Oh yeah, it's literally what they're saying. When I, they, do, when they oh. I had a. Uh, I went to Starbucks the other day in Comac, right by Costco. If you know where that is, mm, right off no. the LA. Oh, maybe, maybe I don't know. The Lowe's. Anyway, uh, they're the, all the same. The Lowe's parking lot, or I don't know. But so yeah. I went to Starbucks the other day. My mom wanted a cup of coffee. Otherwise, I would have never gone. We waited there. There was no line inside. I was like. Why are we gonna sit in sit in the car when we could get out of the car, stretch our legs, walk inside, go get the cup of coffee? We'll probably be back in the car before any the next person moves because we're getting literally a super simple cup of coffee. It was just black coffee. Mm-hmm. Waited there for no joke, probably ten minutes for somebody to greet us with a hello, which I normally wouldn't care if it took so long. But I'm paying a premium on your shitty coffee. Starbucks is garbage coffee, by the way, for anyone that knows. Um, and if you think it's good, you have no taste buds because they burn the shit out of it. I like the frappuccinos though. Yeah, Mo- it's all mocha sugar. frappuccinos. Yeah, it's like yeah, a shake. Yeah, that's great. God, I'd rather <laughs> just go to Friendly's and order a milkshake. <laughs> they are amazing. Over there. So, so yes, you were waiting. And it so was terrible. Ten minutes. Then the lady that helps us hates her life. I almost wanted to be like, "You are so miserable. I'm not going to spend money here. I'm not going to call corporate because you obviously need a job." But why are you so miserable? I would have tipped you. You know, I know I'm paying a premium. I would have tipped you. I'm not a jerk. Why do you have an attitude? When I am wa- when I want to spend money here, mm-hmm. I want to keep you employed. Now, is my $5 or $10 cup of coffee, whatever I spent that day, going to make or break the company? No. But if you piss off a lot of people, they're going to realize that something's wrong there. They're either going to close it and you're out of a job or they're going to fire you and you're out of a job. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's like the Am I biggest. Just cynical? I think no, I might just dude, be cynical. I, I'm with that. I, I, that's why Chick Fil A is literally my favorite place on the planet. You go there and everyone's pumped to see you. Are you a Chick Fil A fan? Yes and no. Really, dude? It's it, too. It's honestly just too far away, and it's never at a convenient hour for me to go eat there. Oh, really, but dude? But the the place is on un- their business is I keep so good. That. You gotta go. Just just go. I like Chick Fil A. I just I've never like I've had it brought to me. I've never I went to the drive through once. And I was like, oh, it's good. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't have that whole I love yeah. you interaction. Dude, the best thing is just go there. Just order one thing. But, like, after your food or while you're eating, just watch the operation. It is flawless. And the people that are working there all support each other. There's so much staff. Dude, it's not like two people are running the front. There's, like, 13 people working. Mm-hmm. And they're all helping each other. No one's overly stressed. They don't have to move super fast. Like they take care of the people, the lines move quick Mm -hmm. and they crush it and they're really friendly. And like, that's, that's what the, that's what so many businesses are, are not appreciating is like 
are you taking care of your people? Because mm-hmm. if you're not, they're going to be really unhappy and shitty and people are going to want to spend money there. Yep. And it goes even a step further than like staffing up and like good, you know, service and whatnot. It's like, how much are you investing in your people? We talk about that a lot with our company because we're new, we're startup. We, but all in all, we have like 14 people that work with us on a somewhat daily basis. And like, if my brother, if my creative director, like one of these guys wants to leave tomorrow, like I have to be cool with that. You know, if I'm, if I'm not investing in them and like mm-hmm. knowing like what is, what is your, what is your future? Like if you're a boss and you're a leader and you don't know what makes your whole team tick and like what they really want out of life, you're going to lose them and they're, or they're going to be miserable and then they're going to leave. Like if they want to go be everything they're going to be and start their own business and do something else, like you gotta be like so cool with that. You gotta, you know, so important. Yeah. So important. Gary Vee is probably the, the guy to, to look up on, on, on that topic. He's, he's a beast. He was supporting his employees. He is absolutely a beast. He, and I think, and I know, I know a lot of people that don't like him actually, but as far as I can tell, he preaches what I mean. He he does what he preaches. Have you tried his new empathy wine too? By the way, no. Have you? I have not, but uh, I want to order it. It's apparently it's really really good. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, I've heard it's very good. Interesting. So, see, you know, when you're that level of famous, whatever you do is never gonna fail. It's true. But then again, remember he did he did run a successful wine company before he was marketing. Yes. So that's he, well, he has legit. experience in it, right? But he has also what 5 million followers he's up to or something like that uh i'm sure he has at least that on multiple platforms yeah you know i know he's on pretty much every platform yeah but the crazy thing is gary v always says like for like 10 years no one cared about anything he said mm-hmm. that's the coolest part of 5.4 million yeah is that instagram yeah yeah 4,271 posts a lot of posts a lot of posts well it's, it's also 10 times what i've posted it's also really helpful when you have an entire team that is willing to or just does whatever D-rock. you can't do. D rock, D rock, you know. We all need a D rock. I know. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm slowly trying to like not morph into him, but kind of like break out of my own shell. And you know, I think with everything that I'm doing, it'll it'll happen. It's just a matter yeah. of time now. You do a good job of creating a lot of content, though. I feel. I think I spend are... an exorbitant amount of time creating real yeah. content. I think that's a good topic too, because I think a lot of people are scared to. To shoot content because they think it needs to be perfect and it needs to be in a studio. They have to be wearing their perfect mm-hmm. stuff. Me, I have a black eye from a socket wrench hitting me in the face during a setup last week at a golf <laughs> simulator. But like, and I've actually been waiting to shoot this video that's really important. We're hosting a, a luxury in, event industry showcase. Well, for you can a, barely see it now. So yeah, it's it's all right. It's, I saw it, but mainly because your, your hat hits hits it, so it's weirdly. Oh, evenly, perfect. Maybe I'll just keep shaded. the. Yeah, mom always said I had a face for radio, but. Uh, as far as like the event industry showcase goes, I didn't want to do a video to promote it because I was like, oh, I look stupid. I look, I have this, but it's like, you know what? Screw it. Like be real. Be like, human, hey, bro. hey guys, I run a, a mobile golf company. I actually hit myself with a soccer wrench putting this together. But in 30 days, the best thing is coming to this place. Come check it out. I'd love to invite you to be my guest. Send me a DM. Like, sure. who cares? Sure. You know, so I think I've, I've struggled with that, but I'm learning to get better at it. Didn't do it this time, so shame on me. But I feel like you do that really well. We'll you get just, you there. Yeah, dude, it's so funny. Hold me accountable. I'll post. hold you accountable. So, so my buddy Thou John sits post. up front. Who's he's one episode. Last time he was on was episode 100. So, but this is like I don't even remember it. What number we had? 100 and something. But so he was on an episode 100, and obviously we share an office space. And so, and 
obviously I have tripods. So I'm sitting one day and I am, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make my first YouTube channel. I'm going to make my first video. Now, when I make videos for LinkedIn, I literally get it on the first try 95% of the time. The one take wonder. Yeah, I, that's it. Cause it's, it's me. It's real. Right. And I, and I sometimes I formulate a plan beforehand. If I don't, then that's when they usually get messed up. But if I have an idea of what I want to talk about, it's pretty simple. Dude, it took me like 20 tries for YouTube. Because it was longer? Or? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's 10 minutes instead of three minutes. Hmm. And I'm like trying to get top, like I'm like reaching for topics. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I need to talk about this. And then I need to talk about this. And I need to talk about this. And then I'll, and then I'll get into this and then I'll forget about this. So I'm like, shit, I got to like make sure it's together. And, and I don't mind editing it, but I want to get it in like one stream of take. Hmm. So if it's 20 minutes, I got to edit it down to 10. That's fine. But I would stutter and I would, I would say, uh, and, uh, 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 you know, I just catch myself up and I'm like, how is it that I, I rock this out to the people that I know on LinkedIn and I never, I mean, I hesitate a little bit on the podcast, but I hesitate, I stutter, this, that, and the other thing. And the one time I could actually go through and edit it and make sure it's flawless, I stutter and don't do the greatest job in my opinion. I think everybody struggles with that. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's who blasts through, you know, content without ever having a an um or a like or a stutter Not once, easy. you know, like Not easy. Yeah, but like who cares if you do multiple takes? You can always cut it out. No, I know. You know? I know. But even if dude, even if you you have it in there, so True. Yeah, we're you say human. uh like I know. I know. I just I try to make it as, you know, YouTube as a platform I, i'm gonna try to make as clean as possible but yeah. i'm also realizing that that's not who i am i'm not gonna get it done right you know i'm gonna get you know work done right on the first try but as far as like a presentation and all that kind of stuff it takes practice it takes a lot of work you know and it's not a process that's gonna change over time you know i'm relating it back to what i do but like a website you know if you don't like a website you can always go back and change it you know yeah. the youtube it's done once you know it's up there i'm not gonna go back and edit it every time Dude, well, we, yeah it's kind of what's up i was gonna say we just crushed an hour and 45 did we? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I'll say one more thing, and then do we got to bounce? We don't have to bounce. I let's, do really have to. Yeah, let's bounce. Rest, he'll go to the restroom. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, I was going to say the last the last note is like, on that note, uh, I was speaking for Douglas Elliman last week, Cool. and there was this guy who came up to me after, and we were talking about social media content creation, mm -hmm. and uh, I actually need to introduce you to them because their team would probably love to talk with you. Um, but he was like, hey, I'm... You know, I, I don't know how to get started on social media. I'm really awkward at this. I feel really uncomfortable. I'm in my 50s. Like, I don't do social media, cool. right? That's literally, like, so many people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, then be that. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, be the guy in your 50s who's really uncomfortable to post, and you're going to post anyway. Mm -hmm. And, like, just whatever you are, be a good one, right? I it's hate like, when people say, oh, I don't like the video. I don't like how it came out. I don't like, I don't like the way I yeah. look. Bro, that's the way you look. Yeah. So, yeah, I, t I mean, I told the guy, I was like, I was like, dude, the best thing you could do is get on camera, be like, hey, my name is John Smith. I'm uh, 57 years old. I'm a real estate agent. This is my first time shooting a, a video, and I'm really uncomfortable Own doing it, this. Yeah, and be like, Own I don't know it. if you've ever felt uncomfortable shooting video on social media, if you're new to this whole thing, but I'm new to it. I want to take you on a journey. I want to show you exactly what it's like to be a real estate agent. I'm here to help people. So, come on. Thanks for following me. Here, here we go. I love like, it. Like, boom. Like, 
post that. That's you. You know it. what I mean? I think I too many it. people think they need to be like the perfection video. Sure. You know what I mean? I, me too. I, I, I'm worried about it, but screw you it. You have post. to kind of be a little bit. Yeah, it depends. It depends, depends on what the video. Golf and what the is very difficult. It's a different animal. Well, go, oh well, oh with golf instruction. Yeah, golf if, instruction. If if I, it's got to be. But even so, from the aesthetics, I can be a little lean. Like if my instruction is flawless, mm-hmm. but the aesthetics are aren't quite perfect, mm-hmm. people still watch. Oh, good. You know, like I sent a video to a student the other day from my bedroom in my PJs with a with a like ball hat on you know like those like sure. those beanies yeah, yeah, yeah. and i i gave him a, a three minute video lesson of me showing him how to do this move he said that was one of the best videos i've ever seen granted it wasn't published publicly you should but you should publish it publicly. i should actually but we're doing a new video series called office golf tips yes of I how to that. practice golf from your office you gotta get a nice looking office uh, yeah well you know wait no, it's not a bad looking office you ever I seen amazon's say. Amazon's yeah, office? Yeah, well, that's we're rocking Get Amazon. Get some art. Get some art. Take some of that art. I know. Well, I don't like the paint color. We painted it a bad color. But oh, I just take I some just, art. Yeah, <laughs> I just, just I just art. know that you. I just was like, he's got nothing on his walls. He's got to put something on his walls. You want me to give you something? I'll well, give I you have. Something. Well, we you have a lot of cool I'll stuff give you in a your sombrero. walls. Ours isn't. We're trying. Ours isn't too like. You want a sombrero? Decked up. No. <laughs> I would wear it. I wouldn't put it on my wall. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, I'll give me another kidding. beer. Let's if, throw this If I was out. to give you something, I would actually love to give you that picture of Long Island, but I can't. Dude, you know what's so weird? I, I literally was talking to you before and I started looking at that and I like froze. I don't know if you it's noticed, cool, right? but for like 45 seconds, because I haven't seen that picture in like 20 years. Literally, it was in my basement really? when I was a kid. That took me back to when I was like four and we were playing like sega genesis in my basement like that took oh, me to the og snap. days bro i remember looking at that and i was like that's one of the coolest pictures i've ever remembered from my childhood oh, that's cool man yes, I appreciate that was that. really cool but yeah, i had a, i've had it for years and i finally got it framed and i was like i know exactly where it's going it's going right in my office yeah it's dope so i'll get you some cool stuff for your office cool bro i'll find i appreciate that i'm we'll gonna go, we'll put a golf simulator in here oh that would be cool i'm in for a golf simulator he, he already approved it john yeah we uh we can actually fit one in here now have to oh, move a lot of stuff, but we could do it. We'll do like, it. Like if this desk wasn't here, this area could be a golf sim. I'm in. The new ones are real small. Really? Oh, dude, they're so small. Ten by twelve. What about the swing though? Could the swing uh, work in this, with yeah, the ceiling? Yeah, the irons. We'd probably hit one of those lights, but other than that, it, we need eight feet. Eight feet is yeah. the minimum. In. Yeah. In. <laughs> That'd be sick. Next podcast, play nine holes at Pebble Beach. What do you say? <laughs> in. All right. Uh, That's a wrap. Hour and 50, baby. Hour (laughs) and 50. Last last words. How do people find you? How do they find out about you? This was an interesting podcast. This is definitely one of the more, uh, I don't want to say unique ones, but I like that we stayed on business pretty much the whole time. Yeah, cool. Um, For us, find us at www.golfgpd.com. You can find us on Instagram at golfgpd. That's G as in Gary, P as in Paul, D as in dog. Um, Or you can call us 516-472-7293. Love it. That's Love it. it. Thanks, brother. Thank you for having me on, Harrison. This was awesome, bro. Appreciate it, buddy. Brutally honest. Love it. Love it. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to make time for me. I do really appreciate it. It means the absolute world to me.
that you guys are listening in and more and more of you guys keep listening in so i really do appreciate that and for the people that have supported me since day one appreciate it online appreciate it on patreon appreciate it means a lot to me Alrighty, guys so thank you so much for all of that like it literally means the world to me when stuff like that happens because I just put a lot of, I put a lot of time effort scheduling making sure I get to do this most people don't even have time to do a 10 minute podcast let alone an hour and a half podcast and not saying that I have more time than anybody else I just happen to make time all right I sacrifice times in areas where you know I I don't need it I could make podcasts and enjoy myself and have fun with you guys so appreciate you guys really sticking around I really do bottom of my heart not trying to get too emotional. All right, guys. Uh, as always, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. You can check out everything there. You want to follow me, Harrison underscore Baron. That's where it is. And that's pretty much it, guys. I have one show sponsor today. Uh, my show. Oh, and huge thanks to Jeff for coming on the show. Uh, but my show sponsor today is Agile Dragon Consulting. Go check them out. AgileDragonConsulting.com. If you're interested in getting consulted, on your business, on how to make better business decisions, these are the people you would like to speak to. All right, they are going to help you take the information that you that your company already has. I said it so many times. Your company already has because you I, most people I don't think realize how much business, how much no, sorry, not how much business, how much information companies actually have. So, like all of this stuff goes into your company, and most of the time, most companies don't even do anything with it. Well. Agile Dragon Consulting is there to help you do something with it. Alrighty, guys, go check them out. We really appreciate their support. All right. It's pretty much it, guys. That's the whole, uh, we'll call it the shebang. All right. Nothing really else I got to tell you guys about. And if that's the case, we're over the, two, I think we're over the two hour mark. Yeah, we're over the two hour mark. Heck yeah. It's been a while. Or an, um, an hour and 59 minutes according to this little thing. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Love you guys. Peace.